This is London's biggest conversation with Duncan Barks. Morning, five... No, it's not. Yes, well, it really is. I mean, it's nearly, very nearly five minutes past four. On a Friday morning... I love Friday morning. I love Friday morning. It's the start of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned. And it's a time when you just... I so didn't want to get out of bed this morning. For the first time in ages, I really didn't want to get out of bed. It was absolute. It was warm, it was cosy, and I didn't go to bed late. Asked, uh, I was speaking to somebody yesterday. I said, what time did you go to bed? He went, oh, about seven o'clock. I thought, oh, it's delicious. You know, if, if you're really tired, when you climb into bed, I'm, I, my head hits the pillow and bang, I'm out straight away. In fact, you, you could probably, you know, count on one hand seconds of exactly, you know, how long I last. And the idea is I don't last too long once I climb into bed. So uh, here we are for Friday morning, and I was absolutely right. Lord McAlpine, he's suing everybody. He's suing everybody, which is fantastic, which is absolutely fantastic. So, uh, so well done there. As I predicted on the programme, everybody who has retweeted, they've got your details. Everybody who mentioned his name, they've got your details. Hang on. And, um, and so, um, it, it's looking good. 185 grand he's taken off the BBC. And, uh, Sally Burko, Better get your bank account in order, love. He's coming after you next, and uh, not before time. You know, you cannot do this. I've said before, if you're going to be stupid, and you're going to sort of pick up on something that's been on the internet, or something you've heard, and you're going to tweet it, or retweet it, or whatever, they're going to come after you. And this one has worked so fast. His lawyer said, we're going after everybody. Which is exactly what I said. So, uh, if you were one of those who very stupidly retweeted or put his name up on anything, they've got your details. Remember, everything that goes out on a phone can be traced. It's not difficult. If you put it on the computer, he's going after you as well. They're going to coin... Whether he gives the money to charity, I couldn't care less. I think he absolutely deserves to take Sally Burko to court. I think he deserves to take as many people as possible. And if he chooses to give the money to charity, that's his business. Why should he? Why should he? You wouldn't like it if they, people said things about you and you should be made to pay it. If I said, you know, Andrew, whatever his name is in Streatham, you know, you're a paedophile, that person would be the first one to come back immediately and go, wait a minute, you can't say things like that. And you go, no, you can't. And that's, that's exactly how it should be. You then, you know, if, if somebody is identifiable, then that's the difference. If I just go, Andrew from, from Streatham, that's not an identifiable thing. If I say, you know, Pete from the Wirral, not an identifiable person, because you could go through the phone book and find probably thousands of Pete's on the Wirral. You'd have to prove that it was it was your one, and it would be very difficult to prove. But if you say Lord McAlpine, and you make allegations, quite rightly, the man has come back, he's 71, as he said, this is going to stick with him forever. Forever, you were, even if you'd never heard of... Lord McAlpine before, you certainly know who he is now. Sally Burko, quite clearly not the most intelligent knife in the box, quite clearly a bit of a dumbo, very stupid indeed, and uh, she'll be made to pay for it, which is, you know, which is great, which is exactly how it should be, in the same way that if, if somebody defamed you and said things about you that weren't true, you sue them. That's what the courts are there for, and the courts come down very firmly on your side. <coughs> 84850, uk. I'm so glad I was right on that one, actually, because I had a horrible feeling that maybe McAlpine wouldn't have sued, but quite clear the lawyers have said, you get this one done straight. 185 grand out of the BBC. That's, it's not a lot. It's not, you can imagine, if, if you said, you know, let me put your name in all the newspapers and Twitter and tweet it, I'll give you 185, actually for some of you it's probably enough, isn't it, really? You'd probably go for that one big time. Yeah, say whatever you like about me, couldn't care less. But uh, in his case, he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the money, he doesn't need anything like that. But what he's actually doing 
is he's, uh, he's saying to these people, you can't say this. So anybody who twittered it, who tweeted it, who put it on the internet, who sent it out as part of an email, even as a joke email to somebody, they're going to get you, and they're going to... I don't know whether he's... I mean, to be honest with you, if I was him, I wouldn't give it to charity. Why would you have to give it to charity? What benefit would that be? No, you keep it for yourself. He's 71, for God's sake. He's not going to live forever. He looked like he was on his last legs the other day when I saw him on the television. He, he did look a bit... You know, he's a little bit doddery. But it's a, it's not a nice thing to say to somebody. It doesn't matter how old they are or whatever. That, that might have shortened his life. In which case, they're going to be looking for serious damages. The BBC, do you notice, settled really fast. There was no messing around with it. Get it... Get it do it! Do it before it escalates. And, before, and they didn't even need to go to court over it. A solicitor's letter was enough. I believe that solicitor's letters have gone out to uh, a number of people, including Sally Burko. You dimwit. You dimwit. We always thought you were a bit stupid. I didn't realise you were that stupid. God, dear, I tell you, you know, I love stuff. I love it when, you know, when something comes round and I'm proved right yet again. It's almost embarrassing, isn't it? As you're probably all thinking at the moment, you think, he can't be right every time. Yep, yep, yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Talisa. Sorry to go from Lord McAlpine to Talisa. It turns out that the bloke she's seeing, and she has seen quite a number of men over the past uh, few months. I mean, one she made a movie with. Not a very good movie, it has to be said, I thought. Well, yeah, not very good at all. But anyway, she's going out with this premiership star. He looks a bit of a thicko. And of course he is, because he has a girlfriend who is pregnant with his second child. They already have a child together. They're not married, of course. This is, this is standard fodder. And uh, the premiership, the tearful girlfriend, Talisa is a home wrecker, I'm devastated. Well, you're old man, you need to kick him in those little spherical objects just underneath his belly button, don't you? And teach him that if you stray again, I'm going to have them chopped off. OK? I think that's what we should do. He's quite clearly one of those prats out there who kicks a football around and then goes, oh, wait a minute, I need a bit of publicity. I'll go out with Talisa. She's always good for a bit of fun, isn't she? Get my drift, get my drift. Seen the film, seen the film. She looks like, oh, maybe not. And uh, so he's gone out with her. And yet he's, at home he's got a girlfriend. With a Croydon facelift and two children. Fantastic. What a, what a role model he turns out to be. And that's a premiership star. My God, they don't come any thicker. Do- oh, they do. Here's Helen Flanagan again. Oh, God, it's a gift this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Here she is, and, uh, and she's, she's apologised for being rubbish. She's, uh, because she is rubbish. There's nothing more you can say about Helen Flanagan. She's thick, she's very stupid, and she's not very good at all. Front page of The Sun this morning, they've actually run with the Talisa story. Talisa's stolen my bloke, and I'm three months pregnant. Well, that's your fault, isn't it, love? You should try using contraceptives. I'll spread it out again for you, just in case you haven't heard it. Contraceptives. You know, I mean, frankly, you quite clearly can't trust him as far as you could throw him, and we would like to throw him, wouldn't we? Off the top of a cliff would be fairly popular. Dave, uh, DJ Travis, this is uh, Dave Lee Travis, the hairy cornflake. That's the second time he's been questioned, I think. He, he was questioned before, you remember, we read on the programme, because somebody had uh, sent it in, to, in fact, a number of people had sent it in. It was the interview that he'd given to a big national broadsheet, and the woman who had interviewed him said, he kept touching me. He kept touching, he kept... There wasn't a part of my body that he didn't touch. See, I'm desperate to try this at work. I'm desperate to try the touching bit, because I'm obviously not tactile enough. I need to be a bit more... I'm going to try it later on. I'm going to try being a bit more tactile, I think, with, with the producer this morning. I think we're going we're to go down that route. I'm going to, going to try that out, actually. Just to see, you know, just to see what it's like. You know, I haven't got to this age without sort of being a little bit tactile. And so she said he, he, he touched me all over the place. He then said, no, I didn't, no, I didn't. But then... Why would you write something down if, you know, some people are like, some people are very tactile. 
I've said, I don't like to invade people's space. I'm a bit like that. You know, I don't, I don't like to sort of, I like my, I've got, a, you know, a curtain around me. And I don't like people to sort of step inside that curtain. I'm quite reserved. I'm quite shy. I don't, I don't like, you know, perhaps I should change. Today I'm going to change. Okay, wait a minute. There you go. I've undone an extra button. Whee! Do you know, honestly, there's no holding me back some mornings. Some mornings I'm just pushing that boat as far as you can go. Sometimes I'm actually rowing it myself, but I'm pushing that boat out. I might undo an extra button later on. I, I'll see how I feel. Brace yourselves. Sorry, <laughs> regular shirt button. There's no, there's no end to the excitement on this programme this morning. So, uh, 84850, steve at So, with Lord McAlpine uh, in the bag, as it were, and his lawyers sitting there going, now this is going to be payday, because they're going after everybody. Again, we were proved right. Dave Lee Travis in, uh, in the quiz, and um, he's, uh, they say here uh, he was freed on bail without charge. Uh, he was also removed as a speaker at Stoke Mandeville Hospital's Christmas concert. Do you know what I'm saying? They don't have to have any evidence nowadays. They just go by, you know, have you been talked to by the police? OK, we're going to cancel everything. You know, your entire life, Freddie Starr, as you now know, cannot be with his children unless his fiancée is in the same room. So he can't be alone with his children because they think something's going to happen. I mean, I'm beginning to wonder. I mean, it's strange enough, I said to my friend Michael, the hairdresser, the other day, I said, it's almost as stupid as somebody come. You know when you sit in the chair in the hairdresser and they sometimes, they put their hands on your shoulder and they go, so, what are we going to do for you today? I mean, I mean, very soon people are going to be turning around going, don't touch me. You go, I'll tell you what, I'll give you the scissors, you cut your own hair. It's going to make it so much easier, isn't it? Because there's nowhere you can go. We're going we're to get people going to hospital. Uh, you know, and people go, don't touch me. People going through security at Heathrow Airport. I had that before. Do you remember I told you? I went through security at Heathrow and I was touched inappropriately. As I was being patted through, you know, they sort of, you know, could you come and stand here? Pat, and I thought, you're not allowed to do that, mate. You're not allowed to do that. And I mentioned it on air. And, in fact, you remember that um, Diana Ross had the same thing. She was touched inappropriately at Heathrow Airport. She said, I'm never, ever going to go through Heathrow Airport. She did, of course. But she said, no, I'm, I'm never, ever going to go through and uh, this and all that. And she was very upset by it, because it's not nice. It's not nice just to be sort of touched like that without somebody forewarning you that they are going to do it. I mean, in, in Australia, I've been watching this programme where they go through and they go, right, uh, we, we, we suspect you've got drugs. They're a bit Neanderthal. Australians. I don't want to tar them all with the same brush, but they're all thick as bricks. And um, so they go through, and then they go, and they've, they've got the fattest women working on um, on the uh, the border patrol stuff there. And I don't know where they find these outfits from, but they obviously go up to ginormous. And so they've got them there, and they go right. So they take all your all your stuff out of your case, and then they do the the thing where they do a swab test and everything else. They still can't find drugs. They go right now. Now we're going to take you in for uh, for where you take all your clothes off in front of us. And so they have two people in there. I mean, it sounds a bit, bit pervy, if you ask me. And they, so you, you have to undress. And then they, they check all your clothing as you're taking it off. Must apply for that job. I really must make men mental note to self. Get job in Australia. Quarter past four. This is LBC 97. Back this morning from seven. LBC 97.3. Uh, coming up with Nick this morning after the first election for police commissioners. Nick will be talking to Lord Ian Blair about their impact. A London Remploy factory is about to close. Is the government letting down its workers? And guidelines for people dressing up as Pudsy Bear. Are the rules going too far? Mark Constantine, Managing Director of Lush Cosmetics, is looking at the papers this morning. So, do you remember the, f the f brouhaha we had yesterday 
after the producer lost his phone. We went through everything. We crawled under the desk. We took clothes off. We went through everything. I mean, this went everywhere. He sent out an email, a mass email to the entire company. We called the police in, the SAS. We had everything. It just went on and on. I mean, to the, to the point of boredom, I have to tell you. But I did say to him, because he's not blessed with brains in the right department. He's probably got some talent, but we've yet to discover it. I did say to him, have you backed up all your numbers? So he looked at me in that kind of glaze, ooh, kind of way, and I went, you haven't backed up your numbers. So in other words, if you lose your telephone, and you the same at home, you've lost everything, because everything is in your telephone. I'm on, I have an iPhone, so everything I have in this phone is backed up to iCloud. So in other words, if I lose this phone or I break it, I get another phone, I've got two more spares at home, identical to this one, I just plug them into the computer and it downloads everything, I'm back where I started again. For him, nothing. So we go through everything. OK, now you definitely had it in the studio. Yep, I definitely... And I know he had it in the studio because I watched him. It was either that or he was holding a small chocolate bar up to his ear, talking into it. So he said, we know he had it in here. Then in there, I said, Did Dun- do you think Duncan Barks picked it up? Do you think Sam picked it up, who was the AP yesterday? We weren't sure. Then he, w- he was all for hauling the cleaner over the coals because he think the cleaner... Pe- so I'm saying, listen, the cleaner's a nice, you know, hard-working man, comes from a poor family, you know, easy come, easy go... Anyway, so he then, so, so we, we then decided, no. So I said to him, I said, check everything. Check your back pockets. You, a phone, you, you don't stick anywhere straight. I said, but I've lost things in my coat before. And what's happened is, if you have an inside pocket, or you have a, a pocket you put keys in or something like that, eventually the lining wears down. So on my jeans, because I keep a lot of cash in my jeans pocket, I've had the pockets cut off and reinforced again because I go through pockets quite a lot, so they've been done again. And I said I had a jacket on one of my coats, because I kept putting my insulin in, taking it out, in, out, shake it all about. You do the hokey hokey and And so I put it in there. You can tell I've had jelly babies, can't you, this morning? So I, um, and I said, I lost my keys one time. And I'm going, where are the keys, where are the keys? It turned out they'd slipped through the lining of the coat, and they were in the bottom of the coat. So I said to him yesterday... I said, have you checked the lining? I said, because sometimes things fall through. Yeah, yeah, I've done that, done that. So I come in this morning, no mention of the phone, OK? No mention of the phone. So I'm thinking, if he really had lost the phone and he still didn't have it, he'd be crawling up walls, you know, and I'm sobbing, I have to lend him a tissue and all the rest of it. So uh, he didn't mention it. As I just said a minute ago, I said, did you, did you find your phone yesterday? Yeah. Where was it? He said, oh, it's, uh, it's, it was in the, the lining. I said, I said it was in the lining. I said it was, that's where it's going to be, because you've obviously got a hole in your pocket, you know, and things fall through, and then it goes into the lining, and it, it's, it can start at one side and move around to the other side, so that's where it was, it was in the lining, all the time, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that funny? I was right yet again, it's embarrassing, really, I tell you, it's tough being me, because I'm right on everything. No, I said to you, it's in the, I did, when we were going through where it is, and you said you checked the lining, and you quite clearly didn't check the lining... Let's have a quick try of the water, see if it's passed by the management. Oh, that's nice. You can't beat a cup of cold water. It's not that cold, but it's OK. You know, I'm going to lose sleep over it. You can't beat a cup of water. When you wake up in the morning, first thing I do is reach for water, which is unusual because I generally keep gin by the side of the bed. So, uh, But I've, I do have a big bottle of water in the sitting room, big bottle of water in the kitchen, big bottle of water in the fridge. So I've, I've got water everywhere. And I sit in the car coming in this morning. I didn't have any water. I thought, I, I really need my water. So I came and I didn't, I had a cup of coffee instead. And uh, the APs made me a cup of coffee. Thank God you can't hear this. You could stand a spoon up in it. I'll tell you, it looks like mud. It looks like, I just had my, my coffee. Not, not weak, but sort of a little bit better than that. 
Oh, it's lovely. Do you know, you get a warm glow, don't you? I hope she's not got it from the bathroom or something like that. I think she's just been round the corner. <laughs> oh, God. What a horrible thought. Horrible thought. Uh, now, Neil says, we met Father Christmas at Harrods yesterday with my great-nephew, two-and-a-half-years-old Harry. It's always an event seeing how the other half live. Harry loved it, especially the toy department. We saw a box of six Christmas crackers priced at a mere... £100 per cracker, so that's £600. Very cheap. Little boy's Amani suit, £800. Little girl's sequin dress, £1,099. And a round all-glass chandelier, around 10 foot long by 18 inches, a very reasonable £108,000. I've seen it, actually. I've seen it. I recommend a visit, he says, even if you don't buy anything. And can we please have a, a plague of jolly old St Nicholas by the great Ray Conniff this year. I'll have to have words with them. They're, they're, not, they're not wild about it, I don't think. I don't think they're wild about that. But I love it. It's, it's always on standby. It's always on standby. But uh, just somehow, it, it hasn't, hasn't, quite, hasn't quite made it. How do we... Um, oh, I'll refresh here. So I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my, uh, my text up, and I haven't... Uh, I didn't do a, a refresh thing. Uh, 84850. Steve, you're right, Mr McAlpine. Lord McAlpine, you're right. Defamation of character is a serious matter. Yes. Yes, defamation of character is very serious, because he was named and shamed. However, you cannot defame a group of people. If I say all estate agents are bent, they can't sue. You cannot sue, you know, for defamation of a company, of a group of people. If I say all weightlifters take drugs, they cannot sue. So you're safe saying all weightlifters take drugs. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Jim is in Malta. Morell says, go get them, Lord McAlpine. Oh, I love it. I love it. They're chasing retweeters now. They are on this one. They are on this one. His lawyer has said in the paper today, people who retweeted, they're coming after you as well. It's uh, because what you've done is, if uh, I said the other day, if there is a libel in one of the newspapers, and I repeat it, I am as guilty as the newspaper. I have, I have repeated a libel that's in the paper. So you never go on hearsay on anything. Very dangerous. So if somebody says to me, oh, I did so-and-so so the other day, will you take the... T-? I can't do that because it didn't happen to me. I can repeat something that happened to me in my life, but I cannot do something that happened in your life. Because luckily I know the law. And I know exactly what you can say and what you can't say. And in the case of Lord McAlpine, where it's something as serious as that, even if it hadn't been as serious, he would still be entitled to sue. Because this is so, so serious, and because people retweeted it and they thought they were being clever, without realising he's not called Lord McAlpine for nothing, he ain't going to go quietly. He is going to take you for as much as he can. And it's not the money. It's got nothing to do with the money at all. It's got to do with what you've said. It's got nothing to do with the money. He doesn't need the money. Take my word for it. The the money is not the issue. The issue is making you aware of the fact that what you've done is illegal. That what you've done is wrong. You wouldn't like it said about you, and you're going to pay for it. I hope you bankrupt Sally Burko. Well, it's just me being caring again. There's no point in thinking out the box, is there? Hmm. Ah, oh, dear. Um, I caught five minutes of Towie, says Jane, in Furnace Wood. What does PMT stand for, says Joey? Premenstrual turnout, says Chloe Sim. 
I mean, the, the trouble is they're actually beyond stupid, aren't they, in that programme? Jungle's getting good. Nadine Doris's true nature is coming to the fore. Paul Hugo's in for a rough time. Yes, Nadine is not a nice person. She's admitted to having cosmetic surgery uh, because she's worried about her looks going. Darling, they went ages ago. And as for that poor hair, oh, dear. And now she's in the paper today. There's one woman, she pinched... Nadine had a, a fling with this woman's husband. And this woman's uh, getting her to do every every jungle task that there is to be done. Thank you to Karen for the wonderful afternoon tea gift. And Jackie, I'll sort her bike this weekend. So there you go. So that's from, from Jane. 84850, uh, Another one here. Uh, Steve, I've never been on Twitter. How many people have tweeted this man's name? Uh, how many people have retweeted this man? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. But whatever it is... They're going after them. They're going after them. Uh, which is wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy that all these people who re- retweeted the name are going to get done. Because yesterday, they weren't being done. I did say that if you have done something, and, uh, and you're, ma- you're made to pay for it, more fool you. More fool you. John the Cabby says, BBC sued for 185000 by Lord McAlpine, but who will actually be paying the fine? Well, it's coming out of the, uh, out the licence fee. That's why it's only 185,000. If if this had been a private company, he'd have gone for a million for that. That they could have taken that to court. They could have gone to court with that and he could have taken serious money. He was very mindful of 185. But there again, you know, it it makes no difference whether you pay it or the BBC pay it. It makes no difference at all. It's the fact that the BBC cocked up. So your gripe is with the BBC. John, as you know, the gripe is with them for cocking up in the first place. I mean, the amateurs who are working on Newsnight, it would have been better giving it to three-year-olds to put a news bulletin together, because they can't do anything at all, can they? Um, another one here says, um, four of us on the M25 listening to you, says Steve in, uh, in Addiscombe. Says you're on fire this morning. I don't think so. We're on fire. <laughs> well, just a little bit, actually. <laughs> That's gone now, it's all right. Uh, eight for eight five oh. Wendy says, how on earth can you work such, with such stupidity with your producer? I mean, it's, it's true. It was in the lining of his coat, which is where I said it would have been. I said, have you checked the lining? So he runs his hand round, you know. Bleh. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's not there. Well, of course it was there. Did you, did, did you find it? Did you find it when you got home? Or did you find it when you were sitting upstairs? Did you, as you put your coat on, did you think, well, there's something heavy weighing me down on one side? It was on the train, on the way home. You were sitting there staring out the window going... Better keep this one quiet from Steve Allen. There's no point because he will just... Loads of missed calls. Of course, from you. You were calling yourself. Oh, where is my phone? Is it in the cleaner's bag as he's going out? You got the cleaner to call it as well. Oh, dear, a lot of humble pie going to be eaten later on today, I suspect. But uh, did you think to phone me and go, found it? No. All you thought was, oh, God, if he, f- if he finds out about it, we're all in trouble. So right there again, 84850, uk. We'll go through some of the papers and find uh, some more stories for you in a second. But if you've just woken up, or if you're just going to bed, bye-bye. If you're just waking up, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's LBC 97.3. This is the reason Londoners get up in the morning. Time now, 4.30. News headlines with Rupert Bartia. The British government says... Biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, Friday morning. You're well? Good? It's nice to have Friday, isn't it? I love Friday. I love Friday. I love it when everything comes together. I love it when you pick up the newspapers and uh, you find some good stories. And I love it when you go, oh, thank God it's Friday. We've made it through the week. 
Uh, Dave Lee Travers, quarter to eight in the morning. And uh, that'll be the fourth person. The uh, the Newcastle United star's pregnant girlfriend. He does look a bit of a plank, doesn't he? Why has nobody said to him? Why haven't the press just gone up to him and said, don't you have a baby at home? Have you have you just dumped your girlfriend? Are you doing this for a little bit of cheap publicity with Talisa, who's, who's practically working her way through most of England at the moment? You know, it's, or, or you just have you dumped your girlfriend and your and your uh, and your baby? Because frankly, I think she should, should see a lawyer straight away and uh, take you for every penny you've got. I'm all in favour of that. I'm, that's my big that's my big movement at the moment. Go see a lawyer and sort it out. Actually, talking about uh, ladies having a baby, that's David Walliams, who I'll be seeing on Monday as he's hosting the uh, Royal Variety performance. His wife is expecting. So uh, there you go. And there's a lovely there's a lovely picture. Yeah, the paper today of an elephant in, I think it's South Africa. Chris Hare and Helen Jennings were left traumatised after the African jumbo flipped their vehicle over. They were, I mean, it'd have to be, you have to be honest, this vehicle is so tiny. And the, uh, the jumbo, because if an elephant comes running towards you, there's not much you can do, and it flipped the car over. And they had to get out, quite clearly. And I see that uh, Channel 4 has been accused of showing traveller men as feckless and violent and children as foul-mouthed and uneducated. This is, uh, this is uh, Ofcom. We've set up a probe into the claims after the community complained it was racially stereotyped. But I thought that was a fact. I mean, that's not... We have seen bare-knuckle fighting. We have seen uh, traveller men being picked up from outside a prison. We have seen children who we're told don't... In fact, that, that featured on one of the whole programmes. They allowed the filming to take place where girls couldn't even write their own name because they come out of school at 11. How's that racially stereotyping somebody? That's just saying the facts... The facts are there. I mean, there's nothing you could do about it. The Watchdog will look at the second series and the spin-off show, Thelma's Gypsy Girls. Even she lost her temper with them. And she makes most of her money out of the, out of the traveller family. They're not gypsies, they're travellers, OK? Difference. Uh, Tory health ministers are blowing 1,500 quid a day on tea, coffee and biscuits. Tea, coffee and biscuits. I might want some more water in a minute, actually. I'm going through, I'm going through my, my cold water phase. Ice cold water. It's got to be ice cold. If it comes lukewarm, I know where it's come from. It becomes ice cold. I know. I know where it's come from. Uh, also, the paper today. Oh, Matthew Freud has been caught speeding. Matthew Freud has got uh, a PR agency, and uh, he was caught in his. I think it was a Ferrari, doing 117 miles an hour. He claimed in his defence in court, of which they quite clearly laughed at him. Uh, he had no idea how powerful the car was. Yeah, right, dear. So, in which case, why weren't you riding a bicycle? But uh, no, he's already got. Nine points on his licence for two speeding offences and using a mobile, so he's been banned for six months. You silly little girl. What's the matter with you, honestly? It's a Ferrari. It's a Ferrari. Of course they go fast. Although, strangely enough, he's been banned from driving and somebody else is in the papers today. I think Duncan might have been talking about it. And this bloke was let off. This bloke was let off with just a caution. And he was he was driving. I think he had drugs on him as well. Or drugs in his body or something like that. 84850. Oh, dear, the horrible picture of the paper today. Horrible, horrible picture. It's of a boy, 13, and he stuck a pencil into his hand. And it's going in. If, if you look at somebody's hands, if you, if, you, if you put your hand down, in between the... Uh, not, not the first space, but the second space. So in between your second and third finger, the pencil has gone right in... I mean, it must have gone in a good three or four inches. I remember years and years ago when I was at school and I inadvertently put my thumb down on a drawing pin and it was up the wrong way and it stuck into my thumb. Because, you know, you get that delayed action. When you're a child and I was only about sort of seven or eight, I went, ow, (laughs) hurt, 
hurt quite a bit. We've all done it, haven't we? We've all done things. I just worry about all these people that go out there and they've got these uh, machines that sort of, you know, cut hedges. They just look blooming dangerous to me. They just look dangerous. OK, 84850, steve at uk. What else is in the paper today? Um, Nadine Dora's nothing really much you can say about her, apart from that she's an idiot. Uh, and um, the TV is our only friend, say, half of pensioners. They say they're lonely and they don't know their net. That's why people listen to LBC. Because, you know, there's nothing on the television in the early hours of the morning is there to suit everybody. It's generally rubbish. If I see another advert for a, for a steam mop, or whatever it happens to be, I'll throw myself out the window. Because they're so boring, these JML adverts. I don't mind watching the jewellery rubbish, because that's, that's always good for a laugh. But there's nothing on... To, why can't they just show old films? Actually, I'm grateful. No point actually me telling you this. I'm grateful that they, that they do put this rubbish on, because it means that my audience is bigger in the early hours of the morning. That's, you know, it works really, really well for me. I'm very happy. So, on second thoughts, don't put anything decent on the television or on other radio stations. <laughs> if, if, if you put stuff on, on other radio stations, but, uh, it, um, it, it, it's, it's sort of, it means I wouldn't get the audience. Um, it says here, this is from Philip, who says, you are not right that you cannot defame a group, because if you say something libelous, which can only apply to a small group of people, e.g. girl bands formed ten years ago, cannot sing, if that can only apply to girls aloud, then that would apply to a group and potentially libel. No, you can say, you can say, I mean, you can't, but if you're, if you're itemising it out, if you're saying girls aloud, then they might want to sue, but they wouldn't, because you could prove in a court of law. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not defamatory. It is not defamatory. Take my word for it. You know, I used to get somebody writing and saying, and you're wrong, it's not libel. It's, uh, it's the other one. It's uh, slander. And I used to say, no, 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 it's libel on the radio. And you have to explain, because some people are a bit dim and a bit thick, and you have to explain it to them. So, and because I named you there, Philip, l- luckily I didn't, nobody knows who you are. So I've, I've, I, I could have defamed you if I knew your name and your home address. If I said, it's Philip Gandermouse, and you come from Welbeck Close in Purley, then that identifies you. I just go, Philip, you're a bit thick. You know, there's, there's nothing to answer on that one. Which is a shame, really, actually, because I've always wanted to do that all the time. Uh, what do we can do here quickly? There was something, yeah, so, so having uh, discovered that the pensioners sit at home and watch television, which I find a little bit depressing, I see that uh, comedian Joan Rivers was mistakenly... Uh, uh, thought to be an illegal immigrant entering the UK. Four border guards swooped on her as she disembarked from a fishing boat after filming her talk show. They quizzed her and her daughter and TV crew for several minutes and then they realised who she was. It's difficult to tell with Joan Rivers because she changes her look all the time and she's quite old now. I think she's about... She's 79. 79. And she's had so much surgery that she can't move anything properly. Uh, and there's another picture in the paper today of Petula Clark. Petula Clark is 80. She's got a new album coming out, I think, in the new year. 80. Eight- I went to a party where Petula Clark was, uh, was at. I was the only one who wasn't famous. It was... It was a... There was everybody there. It was just a party full of famous people. Andrew Lloyd Webber, Cameron Mack. Everybody was famous. It was only a small intimate gathering. And I was the only one who wasn't known. You know, I mean, in, in terms of you could look at all these other people and go, oh, blimey, I know who you are straight away. I can't make my, um, my, my text messages do anything. Have I frozen it or something? Or has somebody... Uh, or have I, I just... I've not, not, not done something right. Have I not done anything right? right it's, all, it's all doing what it's supposed to be doing, is it? It seems odd that the last text that we had in... Oh, it was only ten minutes ago, actually. I don't know what I'm worried about. 
<laughs> I'd like, like to check these. I get a bit panicky if all of a sudden the texts go a little bit slow on me. I always think, I know you're listening to the programme, and I know you don't want to sort of uh, miss one little iota. I don't want to miss any of it either. I've never heard of half of this before. Never heard of half of it. I do feel sorry for goalkeeper Owen Thompson. He's 14. He lost his cool when an official allowed a goal, which led to his team losing. And uh, he was swearing at the ref. But, of course, that's all right. He's got Tourette's. He's got Tourette's, he, but he was given a two-game ban and a £25 fine. Football chiefs imposed the punishment, despite the lad holding a medical card for Tourette's, which makes him prone to uncontrollable outbursts. And, um, and uh, it, it became so bad, he keeps shouting, Chavs, at older men. <laughs> How wonderful. His mum says the punishment is ridiculous. Football's a really important part of his life. And Alistair West, where youth under-15s manager, said it's frustrating because he's a really good kid. But, uh, you know, he was diagnosed with Tourette's last year. Hertfordshire FA chief Nick Pershard says the player swore at the referee and then refused to talk to him and asked to complete his actions. The committee decided the lack of respect shown was not connected to his medical condition. Don't be so stupid. He's got Tourette's. He's got Tourette's. When he gets nervous or wound up, he swears. He can't help it. You... You know, God, blimey, honestly. Some of these people, they're, they're so dim, you can't do anything about them. He's got Tourette's. Let him play football. We've, we've had a, a, an email in from Philip Gandermouse in Welbeck Close in Purley. <laughs> you thicko. You see, now that would be suable. That would be suable. You know, if you identified somebody and they really did exist. But as it was made up on the programme, and you could tell it was made up, it would be hilarious. I mean, it would be a billion-to-one shot, wouldn't it, if there really was a Philip Gandermouse at Welbeck Close in Purley. I love that idea. We found another um, another um, benefit cheat, and this is Terence Hutchins, 65. He cheated taxpayers out of 55,000 quid. He was paid a pension and housing and council tax relief, income support and incapacity benefit over five years. But in fact, he was working 13 hours a week at a bingo hall. He was evasive and vague because he's a thief. He's a thief. If you live next door to him, go and throw rotten eggs against his window. That's uh, Terence Hutchins. And he comes from... Oh, dear. He comes from South Wales. There's a lot of benefit fraudsters in Wales, aren't there, I've discovered. What is it? Is it the benefit fraud capital or something? Most people in Wales, isn't it? Tr- they nick things, they thieve, they get drunk. Oh, dear. Terrible, terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible people. And so there's another one. Over five years. They're very stupid, aren't they? Five years and nobody ever, nobody ever checked. Nobody ever checked to find out whether or not he was actually doing... I'll tell you what they've done in the paper today. They've, uh, it's the latest outfits for girls, which are a bit see-through. And so we had it the other day with uh, Kristen Thomas in the square for the, um, for the Twilight premiere. Sorry? Kristen Stewart, is it? Oh, who's Kristen Thomas? Who's that? We don't know. She, she, she doesn't live in with Philip Gandermouse in Welbeck Close, probably. And so they're all embracing this see-through look. I'm thinking of adopting it myself. You know, getting one of those shirts which is see-through so you can see my, my, my body through it. I think it'd be quite exciting. feeling that I have my body painted. And so they've got lots of pictures of so-called famous people, uh, like Nicole Scherzinger, a woman with so little talent it's very difficult to discern anything. And here she is, Kristen Stewart. Do you know she's only 22? I thought she was so much older. I thought she was about 30. But uh, she's wearing Bridget Jones-style pants under a gold dress. Rihanna is a bit of a pop star, I believe. I don't know who Naomi Harris is. No, producer doesn't know her either, and he's, he's generally noticed. Oh, she's in Skyfall. I don't know. I don't even know what Skyfall is, I'm afraid. Oh, right. And the... Uh, is it? 
Skyfall. Oh, cool. She's the, the new Bond. For, oh, right. Okay. Uh, then there's one called Olivia Palermo. She's an American style queen. Oh, did I watch yesterday? The Housewives of New York City. Oh, they are vile. There's one who quite clearly has got a mental illness, and that's um, oh, the really, really nasty one. She is. She is. So, she drinks Pinot Grigio all the time. I mean, she is, for want of a better description, a drunk. She drinks it all the time. If she goes to a party and it's not there, she throws a bit of a wobbly. This woman is so revolting. Ugly. She's got... I mean, she's really, really, really nasty. Yesterday, she was so horrible to this woman. She said, I don't care if somebody's going to be nasty, I'm going to be nasty about it. She is so... She's so bad. She's so, so... She's so awful. And I can't remember her blasted name. I was watching yesterday. I was shouting at the television. Something I rarely do. Let's Philip Schofield's on. This is LBC 97.3. You wouldn't write E97.3. London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 13 minutes to five. Somebody else has just written, did he find his phone? Yes. Where was it? In the lining of his coat. He sat on it on the train. He sat and went, oh. <laughs> David Yorkshire? Yes, I know, I know. So you have to listen on Sky to the programme. Sasha says, well done, Lord McAlpine. Serve them all right. I never knew you can't slander a group. No, it's libel. You can't libel a group. Um, you can't libel a group of people. Because it's, it's, it's only individuals that you can libel, and that's why he was libelled. And he was libelled by the BBC and libelled by all the people on Twitter. And so that's why his lawyer is going after them. And they are going after everybody. They are absolutely going after it. They're, they're not, not messing around. They've already got 185,000 out of the BBC. Next one, I should imagine, will be Sally Burko. And then I should imagine, I don't know whether or not they're going after Philip Schofield. He got reprimanded the other day. And, uh, but they've said, there's no, as I said on the programme, there is no chance that uh, they're going to lose Philip Schofield. It was an error of judgement. He was very foolish. And I think he should actually be made to do an apology. Off comma, having a look at that one again. Uh, Wendy says, currently in Florida, listening as usual, the Sally Burke cow is a disgrace to her husband and his parliamentary position, as unpopular as he is. And uh, she did go off with an Irish traveller to make a cheap TV programme. But uh, proving, of course, that she's as thick as a broom, I'm afraid. Uh, Wendy says, I hope Lord McAlpine takes her for every penny. And her husband does not use his position to get her off the hook. Well, it was, I don't think it was anything to do with him at all. It's just purely to do with her. And because she wrote it, she, she will take the flack for it. And she'll have to eat. She's already started eating humble pie. But then she would have to do that. that. That would be the thing you would have to do. Knowing that somebody close would probably be saying, you're in big trouble if he decides to sue. Now you know that he is going to sue. He started with the BBC and his lawyer has said, quite emphatically, we are going after everybody. So uh, be warned. Uh, the lawyer said, made the, uh, the Daily Mail today, the prolific Twitter user, this is Sally Burko, is believed to have been sent a letter and urged to apologise and agree a settlement over her postings. Oh, good. Oh, I hope it's something major. hope it's something major. And uh, warned yesterday that Lord McAlpine's lawyers were threatening action against Twitter users who had linked their client's name to the allegation, she responded in characteristic fashion. In a series of tweets, she said, thanks for letting me know, gulps, I guess I'd better get some legal advice then. Still maintain, not a libelous tweet, just foolish. Best not comment any more till seen a lawyer. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I mean, not the... Br I mean, really, you'd think the Speaker's wife would have a bit more intelligence, wouldn't you? Well, that's what we would hope in this day and age. Strange enough, actually... I, um, I like, I like that, actually. I like John Burko very much indeed. 
I, I like him very much. Because we used to use him on the programme years ago. Before he was, before he was married, we used to, uh, used to, well, I don't think he was married at the time. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain he wasn't. I thought he was single. But he used to come in to LBC all the time. In fact, loads of them did. The amount of MPs that I see now who've moved up the, uh, up the scale and done particularly well, who used to be on this radio station, and occasionally we still, uh, still call them out. Uh, 84850. Uh, Mary in Dartford says, great programme this morning. Better than a mop advert any day. Have you overdone the... Manuka honey, I think so, yes. Ramona says Sasha is the mad one in the housewives, not that the others are much better. They're absolutely awful. They are absolutely awful. I mean, Ramona is quite clearly, she's got one or two screws loose. In fact, she's got quite a few screws loose. She's quite clearly a drunk because uh, she turns up the other day and she's, um, she's, uh, she's at this party and they've said to her, it's a, it's a showbiz, you know, fundraising and they've said uh could you bring she said i'll bring a case of pinot grigio so she takes a case of pinot grigio and proceeds to drink it and they go um this is supposed to be for charity why are you drinking it she of course doesn't she's so stupid she really is i'd love to know where she made her money i'm presuming it's the husband and she keeps him well out the way they try not to feature him because he's obviously embarrassed by her behavior uh, and uh, what was it oh no she turned up to some uh, some fashion show well, just to worry, just drinking the Pinot Grigio. And, um, and uh, she pitched up to some fashion show, and she's, she's the only one drinking first thing in the morning. One of the other housewives, Jill, said, she's drinking at this time of the morning. And, of course, the answer is because she's a drunk. Oh, I bet you're lying there in bed, and I bet, I bet you're now thinking, I've got to get out of bed because I'm now really thirsty. I'm now really, really thirsty. Every time somebody drinks on the radio, I listen to it, I was saying, oh, it's made... I mean, I keep water in the car. I get through lots and lots of water. It's very good for you. But I keep literally about two or three litres in the car at any one time. So it's there either to sort of just pour over myself and have a bit of a shower, or failing that, it's there because if I'm sitting at traffic lights, there's nothing that winds somebody up to you, uh, next to, in the car next door to you, as much as somebody sitting there drinking water. And I sit and I've got this huge two-litre bottle. I mean, like that. You can see the people at the car next door thinking... Let's pull into a garage and go and get some water. Because that's all we drink nowadays. We know at one time you could pull into a garage and it was just Coca-Cola and orange squash and stuff like that. Now it's loads and loads of water. Loads and loads of water in there because we all keep water in the car. Mm. So, 84850, uk. Uh, Spencer could be Ben. And, uh, obviously, he's a fan of the programme. As long as it stays that way and you don't start stalking, we're all right. Um, craziest superstar on the planet. I'm looking at this, actually. Think England soccer stars are filthy, rich egomaniacs. And this is a man here called, um, he's the most expensive... Do you know who this person is? He's the most expensive footballer in history. He's cost various clubs a total of £150 million in transfer fees. He earns more than £11 million a year after tax. His name is registered as a trademark throughout the uh, EU. He drives several Ferraris, and by his own admission, he doesn't give a damn about what people think. Uh, no, his name is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Him. Oh, you've heard of him. Right, he's famous, apparently. He's a, he's a Swedish footballer of Bosnian-Croatian descent, and um, he single-handedly destroyed, indeed humiliated England, on the football pitch. He's got a picture of his, uh, his, uh, his partner, 11 years his senior. And uh, he just, the other day, with the most spectacular goal ever. So he's obviously 11 million a year. 
I wish I'd done football at school. I never did football. I did hockey and rugby. And I didn't go into either of those. And nobody ever thought that was a profession years ago. Nowadays, you look at how much money people make in, uh, in the, in the, in fo- football especially. Rugby don't make as much money as the footballers. The footballers make serious money. But, uh, but in, in, in rugby, they don't, they don't make as much. And I think your, your career's over a bit shorter. And they tend not to use people, as indeed they use f- ex-footballers. So you have to put up with Gary Lineker and the likes of that, sitting on television, pontificating about this and that. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. He sits there, and I, I can't stand him. I can't stand his wife. Can't stand his son either. In fact, actually, and I don't like his crisps. I don't like anything. I'm in that kind of mood this morning. <laughs> that kind of... Oh, God help us. Here she is, the world's worst-dressed woman. Who is it? Zara the Plank Phillips, I'm afraid. Here she is, and they put her out in all these... Out- she just can't wear outfits. She has got no idea. But like most members of the royal family, unless they're dressed by somebody, they just look like frumps. And unfortunately, for, for poor old Zara Phillips, Liz Jones has printed a picture of all her, uh, her, her outfits. In one of them, she said, she's wearing a blanket. She's wearing a blanket. And, uh, I mean, every single outfit she's ever worn, she was wearing a top-to-toe leather suit. She looked ludicrous. Every single outfit she wears does not suit her. And that's not bad if you could say that about one person. I mean, she's, she's only got, I think, three outfits that actually look, look good on her. The rest of them, it's just, it's a joke. It's, she's like her mother. Her mother can't dress properly either. And then her silly hats as well. Ghastly, ghastly things. You know, some of them made for old people, not for her at all. So every out, you must have a look at it. It's worth it in the, in the mail today, just to find out. The jilted wife on a mission to make sure that MP Nadine really suffers in the jungle. And, uh, and this, I think, is Rachel Butler. Uh, her husband had an affair with Nadine Doris, and she's revealed how she's voted hundreds of times for the Tory MP to take part in the gruesome Bush Tucker trials. Yes, Nadine Doris, not a nice person at all. Not a nice person. 84850, steve at They've gone overboard on the elephant pitching over the, uh, the car which must be quite frightening, I should imagine. You know, one minute you're sitting in the car, the next minute you go, there's, a, there's, a, there's an elephant, there's a very, very angry bull elephant. You ain't arguing with this thing. It's still got all its tusks, and uh, it's coming for the... for the... My God, it's tipping us over. We've got to be worried about, isn't it? And uh, guess who wants to be in Dallas? Yes, here she is, Victoria Beckham. She would love to play Pam Ewing. Uh, unfortunately, Vic... Uh, you can't sing and you can't act. So uh, there's, there's no point in putting you in that at all, is there? Admittedly, you have got the miserable-looking face. So uh, so that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Steve, for your information, the drunk one on Housewives has a business selling crucifixes and other religious jewellery, and her husband is an ex-tennis pro, says Don. She's so revolting, this Ramona. This is in the, the vile Housewives of New York City. I mean, she is so horrible. It's not possible. I would love to... I'm surprised that nobody's just punched her in the face. She's so vile. Anna in Chipperfield says, You're warmly invited to visit my stand at the Ideal Home Christmas Show, Mrs Moore's Vintage Store. Would you like a couple of tickets? As always, loving your show, it does get better and better. It is true. Oh, he found his phone, by the way. Just I've mentioned that. Saying he's, uh, he's still playing down the fact that he has found the phone again. Where was it? It was on his person. All the time. I mean, I mean, luckily, I'm not the sort of person to dwell on these kind of things. I'm not the sort of person to rub salt in the wound. I am not the sort of person to go, ha, 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 I told you it was there all the time. I'm not that sort of person. You know, if you've heard the programme before, I just mention it once and then leave it. 
You know, I don't go back again and to the point of, you know, Groundhog Day. I don't do this. That's not in my nature at all. Listening from Bangkok, says Paul. Upper 30s, blue sky and streaming sunshine. Only thing I can't get here are decent English sausages and cheddar cheese. Very, very expensive. Yes, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy Bangkok cheddar cheese. I'll tell you what I went yesterday. I went to Waitrose. It's so much better than Marks and Spencer's. Their party food is so much better than Marks and Spencer's. Their sausages, their little... Duncan Barks was complaining about sausages. Do you remember the little tiny cocktail ones? Which, if you buy them from Marks and Spencer's, they're so poor now... I wouldn't even feed them to the dog. They're that bad, you know, because Marks and Spencer's, as the profits drop, the standard of the food gets worse and worse and worse. And I'm sorry, it's not improved on last year. In fact, it's almost the same as last year. Whereas in Waitrose, they've got acres and acres of food, they've got fresh fruit, they've got flowers, they've got cooked foods, they've got a bakery, they've got everything. Marks and Spencer's reheats. It's not half as good, I'm afraid. It's very disappointing. You need to pull your socks up, MS. Because I'm a big fan, as you know. I get all my clothes in there. I am top to tail uh, MS. But uh, if Waitrose started doing clothes, oh, they do, of course, don't they? And John Lewis. But the food stores are amazing. Really, really good. I bought a lot of their party food yesterday. And I walked out with a bill of £24. We worked it out. If that had been in Marks and Spencers, because of their idea of buy three items, it's cheaper. It isn't. Well, it is. Because they do burgers. Six burgers, £10. Two burgers, £5.60. Work that one out. Exactly. Marks and Spencers, you have been wrapped on the knuckles. News at five is next. On it. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Certainly is four minutes past five. It's Friday. We love Friday. Uh, Richard, the Milko, says, what's singing got to do with Dallas? Uh, well, it's the fact that Victoria Principal... Uh, not Victoria Principal, <laughs> that would be funny. Victoria Beckham has said she wants to go into Dallas. So there's pictures of her dressed as Pammy Ewing. And so she said she could do it. And I said, well, she can't sing. She can't act either. So uh, and they're not expecting her to sing, but they are expecting... I haven't watched the new series of Dallas. I'm one of these people. I watched it first time round. I loved it first time round. Didn't like it second time round. I just didn't just didn't fancy it. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh. And uh, somebody's written here says I'm not sure seeing Duncan Barks in something see through is what I need in my life. <laughs> no, I have to be honest. It's uh, it's not really the best image you can have. It does sound a bit like a threat, doesn't it? Duncan Barks in something see through. I don't know, you never know, he might go home and put something see-through on. He might have one of those niggly-giggly things that he puts on before he goes to bed. I don't know, I've just got Winsiette pyjamas, which is great. Sharon in Harrow says, uh, please don't insult the, the Welsh. They're great people, and yes, my family are from Wales. Are they shoplifters? That's quite normal, isn't it, in Wales, I think. Uh, 84850. Uh, another one here. Phil says, if Sally Burko does get sued by Lord McAlpine, she may have to do some more modelling in a bedsheet to get the money. Well, hoping she's saved for it. I'm hoping she's safe. She doesn't think she's been libelous, but she'll have to go to the lawyers first of all. They've said they, they've sent a letter. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens after that. Uh, going back to the drunk housewife, she's changed selling crucifixes and religious jewellery. If she's religious, then she must be the only drunk religious person on the television at the moment. What on earth is retweeting, says Craig in Glasgow. Retweeting is where somebody sends you something and then you send it on to somebody else. So, in other words, somebody says, oh, um, Steve Allen's on LBC at the moment, very funny, talking about so-and-so. And you then retweet that to all of your people. And that's, that's how it works. So, in other words, if, if somebody has read on the internet something about Lord McAlpine, and they've put it down and they've retweeted that, they can get into trouble. It's the same as repeating a libel, as I explained a short while ago, and if you missed it, then you'll have to, uh, to download 
the, uh, the programme. Mr Allen, if I said Victoria Beckham can sing, would she accuse me of libelling her? <laughs> Listen, I believe you me. I said Victoria Beckham couldn't sing ages ago, and she wrote me a very sweet note saying we would never last. And I've still got it. It hangs in my kitchen at the moment from Victoria Beckham with a kiss in lipstick. Yes, with a kiss in lipstick. You said, Steve, dear Steve, you said we'd, we'd never last. We proved you wrong. And so she put a big kiss on the, the sign Victoria with a kiss on it. You know, I get lots of things from celebrities. They send me things, you know. I'm just one of those fortunate people. You know, I'm in show business and I'm determined to uh, to drag it out for as long as I can. 84850, uh One here from, it's from John Napper. He says, I'm guessing, we were talking about the moving walls the other day, going to see Father Christmas. And this was in Behrman's in Leytonstone, where we got into, it must have been a room. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know it at the time. And we sit on these seats, it's like a fairy boat, and there's the, there's the bow of the, the ship, and then the walls start moving to give the impression that we were moving as well. But we weren't. And then when you come out, you come out of a different door to see Father Christmas. And, uh, and John says, I'm guessing that the moving walls idea to suggest travel to the North Pole was used by more than one department store. I remember it from Gamages in Hoburn. Crikey, you remember Gamages? Good Lord. I think it was meant to be the back of a giant swan. Yes. There was a very large bird's head at the front which swivelled from side to side while the big paper rolls rotated in the walls. I think I was about six or seven, but I remember being quite proud that I'd worked out that it really wasn't moving. I know it was Gamages because my mother always took us there at Christmas. As well as Father Christmas, we'd see... <coughs> sorry. We'd see the Mammoth Model Railway that was there every Christmas. Gosh, Gamages. Gamages had a very big magic department, I seem to remember. I don't think I ever went there, and I don't even know where it, where it was... I really don't know. I don't know. Um, speaking of food, says Ben, uh, I, we've visited Harrods Food Court and I had a, a salt beef sandwich. What is salt beef sandwich? It's, uh, it's beef that's been salted. OK. Can't tell you any more about it. That's what it is. You must know what salt... You can't be that dim, surely. Even as an American, you can't be that stupid. You must have heard of salt beef sandwiches. Good grief. <laughs> that just beggars belief, doesn't it? I heard you mentioning the uh, Christmas show at Earl's Court. It was amazing, with an ice rink, ice rink, snowy carpeting, Christmassy music, and lots of interesting stalls. When we left, the snow was blowing outside. And so, uh, Sandra in Wimbledon has sent me a picture of the snow. Oh, that's pretty, isn't it? We like that. That's very nice. Producer's very excited. Look, you can just see somebody holding your phone in the middle of the ice rink. They managed to find it when it was thrown out by the cleaner. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't thrown out, so I do begin. It was in the lining of your coat, which you discovered on the train. I don't want to mention it again, because it's, you know, it's to the point of boredom, I'm afraid. Weather for today. Let's tell you what the weather is, just in case you're planning on setting off somewhere. Perhaps you're going off on a flight today. Or you're doing something. It's a dull and misty start, remaining cloudy for most of the day, feeling rather cold with some drizzly rain in places. Bright or sunny spells breaking through the clouds during the afternoon. The high, 10 degrees today. At the moment, it's four, so it's a bit chillier than usual. Tonight, mostly cloudy. Some clearer spells possible during the evening. Dry for many to start, but with an increasing chance of rain from the west. The minimum, nine centigrade. Tomorrow, dull and cloudy. Rain for most places. And we've got rugby in Twickenham. Big game tomorrow. I think it's Australia. So we'll have the big Neanderthals in there. All right, Cobber, you're up, mate. I like I like the Australians. They're, 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 always, they're always good. They do drink a lot, actually, which is good news for all the pubs around our way. It will become brighter from the west throughout the afternoon. Rain will clear most parts. High tomorrow, 12. Sunday, cold and frosty. And then bright and... Su- cold and frost. How lovely. Cold and frosty. Monday and Tuesday, cloudier and windier, with some rain possible at times. So that's the weather forecast for you. So just in case you were uh, you were thinking... 
of going out this weekend. I take an umbrella. I take an umbrella. It's a little bit of drizzly rain later on today, but don't bother me because I'm here for a lot of the day today because we've got uh, Catherine Jenkins coming in. I think she's in at nine o'clock this morning. And then we've got Russell Grant before he goes off to do a charity thing a little bit later on. So Russell will be popping in. It's going to be quite a busy day, really. And then we've got, oh, for In Conversation this week, Suggs, because Madness have got a new album out. And we've got the actor Lawrence Fox, who's married to Billy Piper. That's Sunday morning. That'll be between six and seven. Between five and six, God willing, it'll be the best of Steve Allen. I say God willing, because you never know if we can't find the phone again or something. Who knows? I mean, you know, it might all go pear-shaped up against the wall. Lovely pictures in the paper today of uh, of Frankie Sanford and Wayne Bridge. I think that's uh, the boyfriend. And uh, they were out there. They didn't want to be photographed. It's so far. I do remember. So she's hiding her face. Best, I suppose. Best, I suppose. And they'd been uh, partying in London's Mahiki. There's not really a lot going on for Frankie Sanford. As you know, the poor, poor Saturdays do not have a recording contract. They just have to pitch up and try and pretend that at some point they were minorly famous. But they're not now. They've, they've had their day. And best that you just sort of marry the footballer and settle down to scrubbing potatoes and washing the floors, Frankie. That's about the best I can offer for you at the moment. But it reminds me, when you see people turning away from the, from the press cameras, some years ago, Bross upset the press. They upset the paparazzi who stand out all outside the venues and when the, uh, when sort of celebrities in inverted commas go in, then they get uh, pictures taken. And so Bross had said something at some point about one of the paparazzi. So the paparazzi decided to get their own back and they decided that, uh, that they weren't going to take photographs of them. So Bross turned up to this thing and the press just put all, all their cameras down and just uh, turned their backs on them. Well, Bross had to eat humble pie. You know, go, oh, sorry, go, sorry, sorry, guys, really, really sorry, and all the rest of it. And I had to sort of eat humble pie, because, uh, you know, if, if something like that happens, and the press turn your backs on them, um, um, sorry, <laughs> let's come back to that in a minute. My, my phone's here. I, I keep my phone in front of me all the time, so I know exactly where it is. Wait a minute, I'll put it inside my... Oh, it might fall into the lining. But no, I've got it back again, so that's lucky. And uh, so if, if, you, if, you, if you upset the press and they turn their back on you, you need to eat some humble pie. Catherine Jenkins must be very busy. JK says, I'm doing uh, Catherine today at two. Well, she's in with me. I'll tell you what, she's so busy today. She's got me at nine. Then she's got uh, some, what they call, down the lines for, for our network stations. And then she's doing something else. Then she's doing Nick Ferrari. She's, she's doing that for his, uh, for his classic FM interview. And then she's got some other things. Then presumably at two o'clock this afternoon, she's got you. I'm always glad when I get them first. Always glad when I get them first. I don't like to get them later in the day, JK. Because I always think that the, the time you actually get them, they're, uh, they're, they're a bit interviewed out. They sort of get to it and they go, oh, here we are again. It depends how long the interview is. When I used to do an hour interview for In Conversation, it was an hour. And I used to say to them, they say, how long is this interview? You say, it's an hour. And you could see their little faces drop. And the little top lip would start to, start to sort of quiver a little bit. But um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it says, warm her up for me. She's lovely. If you've done her before, she's really, really nice. Really, really nice. I mean, really, really nice. And so slim and, and so much better looking than you are. So much better looking. <laughs> better looking than I am, I suppose, as well. But no, she's really nice. She's got a new album out, I think. Somebody said she's got an album out. So we'll be talking about that. Apparently, Gamages was on the corner of Hatton Garden. Oh, right. And Sue says, Gamages was in Hoban. Yeah, I know it was in Hoban, it's just where it was. The Americans wouldn't know salt beef, as they call salt beef corned beef. Really? Um, 
No, th- no, corned beef is different, because they do corned beef hash over there, and that's not salt beef. They do salt beef, because I've had salt beef sandwiches, and it's not corned beef. I don't, well, it's, I'm, I'm pretty certain it's not. She liked her sambukas. <laughs> she likes a drink, doesn't she? Why do you actually like, uh, like a little drink, don't you, JK? Not this time of the morning, I hasten to add. I mean, a wee bit early by most people's standards. But uh, I've, got, I've got my water. I'm getting through water like there's no tomorrow. Because I had some... Uh, sorry. I had some uh, jelly babies earlier on. Bit of a mistake on my behalf, I'm afraid. Bit of a mistake. I'm not supposed to have jelly babies. But if you need that little boost first thing in the morning... I always get home and then somebody, somebody will say to me later on today, they say, God, you were racing through the programme this morning. Uh, Mark says, I think Victoria Beckham would be ideal in Dallas. Any scenes requiring a very bad mannequin? Oh, dear, very harsh, isn't it? Very, very harsh. 84850. And Dean, he says, if we can't libel a company, can you please announce that so-and-so is the biggest mafia in the country? Yes, but you notice I didn't mention the company. That one I was very wary of. Quarter past five. <laughs> And with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven this morning, after the first elections for police commissioners, Nick will be talking to Lord Ian Blair about their impact. A London Remploy factory is about to close. Is the government letting down its workers? And guidelines for people dressing up as Pudsy Bear. Are the rules going too far? Plus, with the newspapers this morning, it's Mark Constantine, the managing director of Lush Cosmetics. He'll be in the studio. Uh, James is off to Bourne and Hollingsworth in Oxford Street to start Christmas shopping today. Richard the Milko says, I've not heard from Kevin of lately. So I've got three overcoats and live in Manchester, although originally from Essex. Now we don't know where Kevin's gone to. He's disappeared at the moment. Perhaps he's on holiday. It was after his short escapade. His shorts escapade. Uh, 84850. Harry and Sutton. Oh no, lovely, lovely, lovely. I've known Catherine for a long, long time. Long, long time. And uh, absolutely lovely. Of course, the last time I spoke to her, she was going out with, with Gethin from Blue Peter. And that's finished now, hasn't it? He still seems to appear. But she popped up the other day and said, I can't remember what it was doing, actually. I shall find out from her later. Uh, you're obviously right, Steve. Uh, America does have salt beef as well as corned beef. Both are like ours and not the same as each other. Our son Tom worked as a chef in Pennsylvania for a while and came back loving salt beef but won't eat corned beef. Yes, they do, th- they do something very strange over there for breakfast called grits. And I can't remember what grits were, but I remember having them. I didn't like them at all, I'm afraid. Sam in London says, Ramona, this is from the evil housewives of New York City, uh, her psycho eye when walking down the catwalk in charity is a must-see on YouTube. Oh, she's vile. She is so horrible. I'm really surprised that the others haven't just ganged up on her and gone, listen, you're a dr- somebody needs to tell her she's a drunk. I'd tell her. I'd tell her. I'd, I'd go on the programme and tell her. <laughs> what they should do is actually send, you know, a bit of this, this programme out there, say, this is what they're actually talking about. I picked, What did I watch the other day? I flipped over the television channel, and there was Amy Childs attempting to be interviewed by somebody. I can't remember what it was, but uh, she just looked like some over-made-up, plastered old dragon. She really looked awful. Absolutely awful. And uh, she went for a fairy tale night out in London's West End. And, uh, as I say, I can't imagine why anybody would ever invite Amy Childs to anything. I really can't imagine. I mean, it's just awful. Bad hair, bad makeup, bit stupid. You know, it's, it's all, you know, I know there was, I can't be a businesswoman. We get that all the time, don't we, from the Only Wears Essex people. Uh, Richard says, you ought to let Catherine Jenkins know your views about the Welsh. I'm sure she'd be interested. Oh, she would. Of course she'd be interested. She'd be interested in anything, I say. Absolutely anything. She's that sort of person, I think. Uh, Both are pickled in brine. Salt beef and corned beef, says Teresa. What makes some difference is the seasoning used in the pickling process. All this talk about food in the morning. 
All I want to do is drink me water. Uh, 84850. Andy is uh, a Welsh uh, lorry driver, and he says, I hope Catherine Jenkins tears a strip off you later of your ongoing ignorant comments about Welsh people. Well, we can't help it, Harry, can we? You know, a nation of benefit fraudsters, drunks. We've seen them all in the newspapers. I've watched all the programmes about all the drunk fat birds in Cardiff. And in fact, almost a day, never a day goes by without somebody being accused of benefit fraud and they happen to come from Wales. There's not a lot we can do about it, I'm afraid. Perhaps you're better off sitting in the, uh, in the lorry, which is... Uh, but uh, Catherine Jenkins would never, never tear me off a strip. She's, uh, she's, she's put it this way, she doesn't exactly live there now, does she? She's more, more a southern girl, you know? She's, uh, she's seen the light. She's seen the light and she's happy to, uh, to be down here. I think she goes home occasionally to visit her hubcaps. And, uh... I like that one. I like doing that one. Here's another picture. Mario uh, Balotelli. This is this peculiar creature. I mean, he's, he's apparently a footballer, but he's dodged a trial date with the Italian mafia. He's said to have stumbled into the lair of a mob boss in Naples in 2010. Prosecutors in his home country threatened to frog march him to court to take the stand, but after some fancy footwork by the eccentric star's lawyers, he's been allowed to stay at home and give his evidence in writing. You don't believe he can write, do you? Surely not. He's a footballer. No footballers can write. Dear Father Xmas, please can I have another silly outfit to wear? Yours, Mario. <laughs> I just feel that that's going to be it, isn't it? That's going to be it. And poor old telly chef Lorraine Pascal has been left devastated by a campaign of abuse from an online racist. The stunning ex-model, she's not stunning, She's absolutely not stunning, believe you me, she ain't stunning. Revealed she's been bombarded with shocking racial slurs on Twitter. It's somebody based in, uh, in America. She said, I've tried to stop it, uh, but I've been told that because the personal people response were in America, there's nothing I can do, it's very frustrating. Well, if it's on Twitter, you just block them. It's not difficult to do, you just, you click on their little thing and you just block them. Dead easy, that one. Dead, I've said that to everybody who ever gets anything on Twitter. If you don't like what somebody's read, block them. Doesn't make any difference to them, they don't know. It's like people here, you know, if I have anything that sort of comes in, I just, I put people into my junk email. And so they can carry on sending, you know, till the cows come home. So it won't make any difference because it just automatically goes to junk email and then the computer just deletes it. So it, it, it never gets seen. So I, I love doing things like that. I've, I've, I've had a, a field day. Ever since somebody explained to me how to do it, pff, one click and I'm there. Still drinking me water. I keep thinking it's really good for you. Do you know what people have got at home that men tend not to have? Women have lots of lingerie that they that they don't wear, whereas men wear most of their underwear. You know, you, you don't tend to have, you know, some people say they have lucky pants and things like that. I don't believe people have lucky pants. I think that's just a bit ridiculous. But most men sort of change it on a regular basis, whereas women have, have got lots of underwear stashed away. Two-thirds have received... Saucy bra and knickers, with blokes spending around 42 quid for a set. And one in five have never worn the gift, and a quarter slipped, the sexy gi- slipped on the sexy gift only once. So, in other words, men will, will go out because it's Christmas, and they will buy saucy underwear. And it's always red, isn't it? Red seems to be the most popular colour for some reason. And so the naffest old chav will sort of pitch up, you know, wearing sexy sa- saucy underwear, and the bloke will go... 
I think I'm going out for a pint. Uh, you know, because some people just don't look good in it. You know, you have to look good in this sort of stuff. Whereas men don't don't have sexy underwear to wear. There is there is no sort of no matter how many times David Beckham sticks socks down the front of his pants, you know, it's not going to make any difference to where people go and buy their pants. I don't think it. I don't think it makes the slightest difference because I would think it's only appealing to the gay market. Can't be appealing to the heterosexual market. Why would a straight bloke look at David Beckham and go, "I must get some of those pants"? They just don't think like that because they're already buying pants. It's always preaching to the converted. Grits, apparently, says uh, David over there in Orlando, is ground corn boiled till soft, served with cheese, and it's really horrible. Well, I thought I had it in a restaurant. I'm sure I had it for breakfast. It was uh, eggs and grits. And I thought, better try it, because I don't know what it was. So that's what it is. Ground corn, boiled till soft, served with cheese, and it's horrible. Only a Brit would say it's really horrible, wouldn't they? Which is what I love. The Brits are so honest about it. Do you like that? <laughs> Can't bear it at all. It's horrible. Don't like that. Shan't have that again. Because you have to ask them uh, to, uh, you know, of what you ha- how you have your eggs. I find it very confusing having breakfast over there. Because some of their breakfasts come with a, with a toasted roll kind of thing. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that. But then their bacon's rubbish. Their bacon is thin and crispy. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. And their sausages are little tiny things. Horrible. Can't beat a good English banger, as far as I'm concerned. Lance says, Steve, wishing you, uh, with you all the way on this one, the Welsh. To them, the most important thing is their Welshness. It's so boring. Yes, I mean, there's nothing... I mean, I'm I'm actually proud of my heritage, Viking. And, uh, because I'm sure I came over in a long ship years and years ago. Because we haven't got anything, have we, really? If you're just sort of, you know, sort of white Anglo-Saxon, there's not really a lot to be excited about. Whereas if you're sort of Welsh, or if you're Scottish, or if you're Irish, at least you've got something to hang on to. I haven't really got anything to hang on to, I'm afraid. It's a bit disappointing. Sometimes I wish I was Welsh, and then I, I think, no, perhaps not. Or perhaps Scottish. I, think, mm, I don't know. I could have been Irish, because being born on, on St Patrick's Day, but uh, I'm just not anything at all. Uh, one says that uh, you're... I, can, I think you're very funny this morning. You've definitely been on the Jelly Babies. Thank you. Do you remember uh, one in, in Ilford, Bodgers in Ilford? No, I don't. I don't. Who was your childhood... Cr- that was what um, Duncan Barks were doing earlier on. Who your childhood crush was. And I couldn't remember. I thought it was the dog on Blue Peter. That was my childhood. And the only reason Blue Peter had a dog is because lots of kids didn't have a dog because they couldn't have one because of where they lived or their parents couldn't afford it. So that became the dog that we all looked after. I, or I, was, I always got the tortoise. We never had a tortoise, we had a hamster. Hamster was much, much more fun. But uh, childhood crushes. It was interesting hearing um, people talking about who they fancied. And I think for Duncan Barks... Who was Duncan Barks? I'm trying to remember, actually, who Duncan Barks' thing was. Oh, I know who it was. It was... Um, Glory Honeyford's uh, daughter, who was on Blue Peter. It was her. That was his uh, his sort of childhood crush. Thank God she never knew. Thank God she never knew, poor soul. <laughs> Imagine. And this is your childhood crush. It's Duncan Barks. You know, it's, it's not going to wash very well at all, is it? Oh, Kevin the Milkman is still there, you see. I do worry. He says, I've been going cold turkey uh, on the text as I was texting far too much. I must limit myself to one text a day. He said, that is the addiction that you caused, Steve. Morning to everybody, especially little Julie, Noreen, Neil, Diana, Jackie, and all the Facebookers. Now he says, no more texts until Monday. Kevin the Milkman, in long trousers, on a Stepney back street, signing off goodbye. There you go. So at least we know he's still there. He's, he hasn't, hasn't vanished at all. He hasn't vanished at all. He's, uh, he's just out there but trying to wean himself off texting. 
It's, uh, and you know that I, I do need as many texts as possible. It helps in my ratings and uh, for the new contract renewal. <coughs> a bit for me to mention it, but it's next week. Uh, coming up now, as it's uh, LBC 97.3, is the, the news at 5.30. Red Foy this morning by Holly Ford. Downing Street. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Uh, it's, uh, it's Lynn in Bushy who says, I beg to differ. She says, my husband David's pants are so old they've got their own walking sticks. So yesterday I made him buy some new ones. Because that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? You're supposed to change your underwear. It's like turning your mattress. <laughs> it's not quite the same thing, I realise. But apparently every three months you're supposed to turn your mattress over. Well, I don't know anybody who turns the mattress over. Yet we happily change the sheets, we change the pillowcases, we do all the usual things, but we don't turn the mattress. Because it's such a palaver. It is such a palaver. Don says, hi again, Steve. When I saw the Beckham underwear ever, I thought, I must get some of those socks. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Hazel says, when are you going to talk to the lovely Mark Armand? I think it'll, well, hopefully it will be, uh, it will be not too far. It'll, it's going to have to be after Christmas, I would think, because I think he's going back to Wilton's Music Hall. And it, it would be good, wouldn't it? I think, definitely. Andy says, surely Claudia Winkleman is the most irritating presenter on primetime television. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wales. The only country where you can get a meal, a warm jumper and a hot date, all from the same animal. Thank you, Jason. It's the old ones that are the best, isn't it? Uh, Kevin the Milkman again. He says, just one more text to add to the figures, not that you need it. No, it's always good. I didn't realise that they, they do check these things every week. I, I only discovered that recently. After all these years... I discovered that they, they go through the texts and everything else to see who gets the most. And um, we, we don't do badly. You know, I'm, I'm not going to blow my own trumpet. I'm not going to do that because it's... Uh, but the, the good news is that he found his phone and uh, it was in the lining... Oh, sorry, I promised not to mention it again, didn't I? And uh, Jerry's in Orpington and says, if ever you were fancy a good rant and a good glug, the drinks are on me. I'd love to spend an evening just ranting with you all about... The, uh, the th no, really. listen, to be honest with you, it's, I was talking to somebody yesterday, yesterday, day before, and we were talking about jobs, and if you go to a party, you generally say to somebody, you know, so what do you do for a living? And if it's, if somebody's a hairdresser, they always get bombarded with, well, what would you do with this? You know, do you, do you think, I, and, and hairdressers must be sick to death of it. They, 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 they go out somewhere, they go to a party, the last thing I want to talk about is hair. It's like, uh, you know, if, if you're a doctor, you go, oh, I tell you, what, I've had this cough <coughs> for quite some time. You don't... And the doctors go, yeah, right, well, make an appointment to see somebody in the surgery. You know, best you should. Anyway, back to the chocolates. And so it's, it's more difficult if you're a radio presenter. Because people either say, oh, right, oh, yes, I've heard of you. Or failing that, they go, I'm sorry, I've never heard you before. And I, they go, oh, it doesn't matter. Honestly, really, I, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. I do appreciate the fact there's still people discovering me, even after all this amount of time. Because you get people who would only listen to music. And it's my job to try and wean people away from music to listen to speech radio. So, And it tends to be people who work on speech radio. <laughs> Somebody says here, Steve, nobody would choose to be Welsh, just unlucky at birth. Oh, I'd love to... Would you like to, be, to, to belong to a group of people? I'd love to belong... To a group of it's like I'm, I'm you know it's, it's, it's I suppose it's the same as if you if you're Jewish, you know, can you imagine being Jewish and Welsh? You know you kind of get the best of everything, don't you? It's just you know I'm I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I'm sort of terribly boring, you know, white Anglo. Well, I say white, rather sort of pasty, yucky-looking colour, not particularly fit. 
<coughs> well, I think I am. But, uh, you know, you j- I mean, I've joined gyms. I've done all this kind of thing that you're supposed to do. I've been more times to the Barbican Health and Fitness Centre, and I've been to Holmes Place loads of times, and I just can't get into it. I just find it terribly dull. And yet we've got a couple of people here, you know, not, not precisely, but, you know, a couple of people here, and they're addicted to the gym. They go because they do it. They pump the iron. Or, I don't know what they're doing it for. I don't know what they're doing it for, because I've, I've tended to find, if you want to meet people, sometimes it's done through through sheer vanity. But if, but if you want to meet somebody, it's personality, isn't it? You go by somebody's personality. If they're nice-looking, then that's fine. So I'm lucky, I'm blessed with looks, and I've got a great personality. So I'm quite lucky. I just don't have a good body. I sort of hide it under lots and lots of... I went out the other day, I bought, I bought myself another coat, and the woman looked at me, and she said, that'll keep you nice and warm. I thought, she thinks I'm old. She thinks, so I looked in the mirror on the way out, I thought, oh dear, starting to look that age now. So, uh, so I said, oh, yes, I, I said, but the coat I'm wearing is warmer. She said, well, you need to wrap up warm in this weather. Like, she was talking to a child. I was very hurt, very hurt. Uh, one here, uh, Milkman, now Paul. Milkman, now Paul, the veg man. You'll stay on that chair permanently. I texted you last week. Texting is contagious, Steve. Sarah in Ealing, she says, here's a text for your ratings. We now wake up at 4 a.m. just to hear you. Thank you for the show, but not for the bags under the eyes. Yes, the bags under the eyes are the bit you can't do anything about, can you? When you when you get up early in the morning, you just have to uh, just have to do it. I'm afraid you just, you have to go and buy all these creams. I keep cutting these adverts out of the magazines and out of the newspapers, hoping that they're 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 going to work and it's going to halt the aging process. But quite clearly, it's not working. I'm afraid. Uh, on the front page of the Express today, the secret of Nadine's jungle hell. I'm not interested in Nadine's jungle hell or any sort of hell. Uh, Dave Lee Travis, with his wife, pictured on the front. He's uh, been arrested and then uh, released by the police. And uh, this is investigating uh, allegations, which you can read about in the paper. She's failed again, I'm afraid. This is Helen Flanagan. Patience is wearing a little bit thin. You could starve if you went out with this woman. She's too stupid for words, I'm afraid. Uh, The BBC, who have paid Lord McAlpine... £185,000, and now Sally Burko faces the threat of a lawsuit. That'll wipe the smile off her face quite quickly, I should imagine. Dave Lee Travers has done quite well. His uh, his house... Why do they always describe these houses as a country mansion? It's just an ordinary house. It's nice, but it's not a mansion at all. And uh, he met, of course, it was only a short while ago, that he met Aung uh, uh, San Sui Kai after she praised the show. Do you remember? She came over... And uh, she said the thing that kept her going during her, her period of in, incarceration, she's the, uh, the Burmese pro-democracy leader, and, um, and she said she listened to him all the time. So there you go. The hate cleric, this is Abu Qatada, uh, is to get a new home and will be footing the bill. But why? Why are we footing the bill? Can somebody just explain to me, why don't we just get, we're not footing the bill? I'll tell you what, why don't you get your, your strange crackpot friends to pay for you? You know, live in a tent at the bottom of somebody's garden, I couldn't care less. Why should we have to pay for it? God, we're so stupid in this country, aren't we? We are so stu- stupid. Uh, the Tories brace for defeat in the Corby by-election as the government faced a backlash against the outgoing MP Louise Mensch. Even just reading her name makes me feel a little bit, a little bit bilious, I'm afraid. And here is the, not the vicar of Dibley but the female member of the clergy looking as if she's got a part in Absolutely Fabulous. This is the Reverend Carol Hayden. She used to look quite frumpy with, you know, the little sort of bob... Now she looks all glammy-glammy. Because I love the Vicar of Dibley. I loved, loved, loved it. I thought it was just such a such a good programme. Such a good programme. And um, more on Matthew Freud. Also, fizzy drinks. If you're a, a sufferer of arthritis... 
then fizzy drinks are really not good for you. Men with a liking for cans of pop are more likely to show a deterioration in their condition than women. The more drinks people with osteoarthritis in their knees consume, the faster their condition worsens, with slim men most affected. It's an American study. The reason I say it's an American study is because a lot of papers like to put it in there, but you have to read between the lines. It's not proven over here. That's what they're saying has happened in America. We would have to test it over here to find out if it was the, uh, the same sort of thing. Diana... So since being ill for so long, I've lost some weight and I've had to tighten my watch strap by three notches. And I've just noticed, just noticed, when going to make a cuppa, that two gold rings that have been on my little finger for over 35 years are gone. Goodness knows where I start. They could have fallen off outside in the cold. I'm very sad because they they have sentimental value. Yes, and this, yes, I've got a ring here on my finger and it doesn't come off. It's been on there since six... I mean, at one time, I could, if I if I really pushed, I could probably get it off. But then I think, why? It's only hurting my finger to do it. But if, if I actually put some oil on there or something like that, then I could probably probably slip it off. But it's just... It's just... A, it's like a signet ring. It was bought for me when I was 16. I worked in a department store, <clears throat> as you know. And when I left, they all clubbed together, and it cost them £5.9... No, six. £6.15, shillings, I think. They all clubbed it. It was quite a lot of money in those days, believe you me. And they bought it for me, and I put it on, and I've never taken it off, really. I don't know what it's worth now. Probably, probably not very much more, actually. Uh, Declan says, Finally got round to seeing the Sweeney at the flicks. Ray did a good job. I spotted me in it twice, but the wife blinked and missed it. I couldn't get the projectionist to rewind it. Does he know who I am, says Declan? Obviously not. And um, David in Chelmsford says, I've just worked out that buffoon Helen Flanagan left Corrie to live in Swansea with a footballer boyfriend who then transfers to play in Manchester. <laughs> Couldn't make it up, could you, really? Uh, I don't like Claudia Winkleman's way of presentation. She's an odd way of shaking her head and blinking her eyes many times. She irritates me. Oh, I like Claudia Winkleman. I do like her. She's, she's, she's fun. She's what I call a good... a good... I was going to say bog-standard presenter. She's not a bog-standard presenter. She's just good fun. Yeah, she's very likeable, very personable. I like her mum. Her mum's Eve Pollard. And, of course, I like Eve... I've always liked Eve Pollard. I like the, those sort of people, all the, the old... The old ladies of Fleet Street, but the ladies who were in Fleet Street when I was around, the Gene Rooks and people like that. Wonderful, actually. Uh, Jerry says, I did have a lucky pair of boxer shorts. They were the only ones that didn't split when I put on a stone. <laughs> I love things like that. Uh, 84850, uh Another one here. Actually, a lot of people don't like Claudia Winkleman. Isn't that funny? I thought she'd be really liked. I thought she'd be... Yeah, she's funny. I think she's absolutely great. I loved her when she did the uh, Strictly Come Dancing bit in the studio. I loved her, her way of interviewing. I thought everything about her. I just... I can't... I can't think of anything I don't like about her. Uh, on the subject of uh, Australia, uh, one here. This is uh, Bruce. And uh, he says, listen to your show most days, mate. Very entertaining. Uh, how'd you get your contract renewed? Uh, I do just go in there and uh, and they go We're very very happy with you and um, and they and they just renew it. I don't think you have to do anything. I don't think there's a speech you have to make or anything like that. What they do is they look at your figures and they go, well, it's not going to get any better, is it? I got a round of applause at the figures meeting. You know, big up me, big up me. I did st I did start the applause myself. I went look at that look at that spike when they showed that and they went yes yes come on give a huge round of applause. I stood up you know well I didn't actually because I didn't have the strength. But, uh, no, it was good. Actually, a few people got rounds of applause. It was, it was quite good. I was very pleased. 
It's always good news. I like a bit of good news. We don't have much good news, do we, I'm afraid? And, in fact, motorists have now been hit by fuel price rip-offs. I'm sick to death of putting petrol... I seem to put it in almost on a weekly basis. I'm only going to go driving round for a little... If I drive to my brother's and back, I could have put more petrol in the car. And have you seen the price of it? Small wonder I need the contract renewed. Quarter to six. News headlines this morning with Holly Ford. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 11 minutes to uh, 6, Friday morning in London town. How many of you have got insurance? The answer is all of you. You've either got insurance on the house, you've got insurance on the car, you've probably got, you haven't got insurance on your bicycle, I bet. I don't think hardly anybody's got insurance on bicycles, even though it's probably the most dangerous form of transport. And Simon Hines, the political commentator in the Express today, has done a very good feature on insurance, he said, which is now no better than a protection racket. And it's the insurance companies, because they know that if you drive a car, you've got to have insurance. And for years, I was with one particular insurance company, because they offered me the best deal. I don't think I ever made a claim. I don't think I ever made a claim. I might have claimed once. Anyway, uh, then they came to renew, and it jumped up from something like £760 to, uh, I think they wanted, just under £1,600. And I looked at, and normally I, I just let it renew automatically because I knew how much my insurance was and I've got, I'm fully comp, I'm top loaded, everything, whatever it was. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to pay this. So I went on one of those comparing websites, which actually turned out to be the best thing I'd ever done because I managed to get my insurance down from this 1,600 bit to a roundabout where it was before. And, uh, and, and it was then I phoned up the original company. I said, no, I'm not renewing it with you, I'm afraid. I said, and they weren't remotely interested they weren't remotely interested. Well, let's see if we can do a better deal. Nothing like that at all. And, and what Simon Hinder says here, you know, insurance used to be a dull and simple thing. You paid a few quid a year to a staid, respectable company, and if disaster struck, be it fire, burglary or traffic accident, your bills would be paid. You'd insure the house and the car, and for most people, that was pretty much it. These days, we're encouraged to take out policies on just about everything. Worried about bills from your dentist or vet, the cost of hospital treatment, then there's redundancy, loss of income due to long-term illness, cancelled flights, losing your luggage, misplacing your house keys, mislaying your mobile phone, identity fraud, and then there's saving up for your funeral. Save like you care, like you you're dead. Who cares? Put me out with the rubbish. I'm not remotely bothered. But they now go, you know, and it makes it easier to leave a lump sum for loved ones. You think you're dead? Why would you worry about taking out an insurance policy? You know, to pay for some skinflint old funeral which costs about three thousand quid. Why worry about it? Let them worry about it. Let them let the family club together if they like you. I'm not going to worry about leaving money for my funeral. My mother did. She put 2,000 quid aside. It was a long time ago, remember? And, and that was to cover um, the rental of a, of a hotel room. She'd been and booked it and everything else and food. And so people could go there after the, after the funeral and to cover the cost of the funeral. So it was all there, sitting in a separate account. Very organised. Very, I'm not going to worry about it at all. But now you take out insurance on anything. But these adverts that target the elderly, making it as if it's your responsibility. You know, you know, it's nice to not have to worry about things like that. And then they've got another one on the television, which has got an old lady sitting there with her dogs. And they go, who's going to look after them when she's dead? And the answer is, who cares? You know, the dogs don't really care. She dies. They go into a home and somebody rehomes them. But if you take out this insurance policy, we guarantee we never put a healthy dog down. You think, well, I think not to. It's every turn, isn't it? Every turn, you know, you go on holiday, have you taken out cancellation? What happens if the flights are cancelled? I don't care. 
I understand in the car you've got to have insurance. But when you try and get money back out of them, because there's so many bent people who are claiming on insurance, it's kind of a minefield, isn't it? What do you mean you had an accident? When? Um, had it uh, yesterday. Well, have you got any proof? Well, I was too, too shaken up by it. Well, you know, I don't think you get any money out of that one. And yet people make a living, don't they, out of cheating the insurance companies. That's what they do. It becomes a business for a lot of people. The old, uh, the old uh, scam of having an accident and, oh, I've got a bit of whiplash. You know, they've used that one to the point of exhaustion. The point of exhaustion. So everywhere you've got, you've got insurance. You've got to have it. If you live in a flat, you've got to have insurance in case a fire breaks out. I mean, not just necessarily for you. Say a fire breaks out next door. That's the thing you worry about. You've got to have insurance on the car. And the police now, I mean, they actually clamped it. Because years ago, you could drive around with an old Guinness label in the front pretending you've got tax. It was only when somebody looked at it properly. But you've got to have tax. You know, you don't see, as you used to years ago, tax applied for. People used to put a little sticker in there, tax applied for. It basically meant that they were driving because they didn't have a tax disc, they couldn't afford it, and they certainly weren't going to do it. It's like, you know, putting petrol in the car and then driving away without paying for it. But uh, the police couldn't tell if you had an MOT. They had to go to a separate site. Now it's all on one site. If, if you go to buy your tax disc online, which a lot of people do now because it's so much easier, then you go there and the, the computer will actually tell you when your insurance is about to run out because it's all on one big computer. The police can drive behind you down the road. They put your number in. It will tell them straight away when your insurance runs out, what insurance company you're with, when your MOT runs, everything, absolutely everything. Which reminds me, actually, I can't remember when my MOT runs out. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't think it's this Christmas. I don't think so. I think we're all right over the, over the Christmas period. But that's the thing you've got to worry about now, isn't it? There's so many little things you've got at home. Files for all this bookkeeping stuff. You know, I've got two box files with stuff for the car. Which, when I bought it, because it was second-hand, I've got everybody else's log books, and I've got all the receipts of all the work that's ever been done on it. Everything. And that becomes the car's history. So when you sell it, I, I would be very wary of buying a car that didn't come with history. I'd be very scared about something. I would want to know, has this thing ever been involved in an accident? What, what's been done? What's been done to it? That's what I would want to know. Uh, 84850... Good luck to uh, all the staff at the Tower of London Ice Rink. Ice Rink, says Jenny, especially Jordan. My son Jordan, who's the manager. Ooh. And all the yeomen in the guard in the tower. Got a big charity night down there tonight. So another ice rink. They're everywhere, these ice rinks, aren't they? I love the one outside the Natural History Museum. They've got a nice merry-go-round that some mornings is lit up. They've got a tree and everything. It's really lovely, actually. Uh, how much more embarrassment... Do you think the Speaker will allow his wife to heap on him? Surely not much. He should let her go and live with Paddy on a permanent basis. Oh, thank No, we don't want to see any more of that rubbish. Thank you very much indeed. Well, I don't, anyway. I don't know how it, uh, <clears throat> how it actually panned out. I wasn't sure whether or not it actually got ratings. Sometimes you look at the ratings for programmes and you think, they won't be doing that one again. Uh, one here. This is Boris, who says, I love the show. I think I'm addicted. I'm a cab driver, and LBC is all I listen to over 12 hours a day. I do have the Bex underwear, but it doesn't come as stuffed as it is on the advert. <laughs> this is the story in the paper today, that women have got all this underwear, because men at Christmas buy women saucy underwear, whereas women tend not to buy men saucy underwear, because men in saucy underwear just look a bit silly and a bit sad. So, you know, we've all got novelty boxer shorts, I suppose, somewhere. We've got a picture of Father Christmas on there. Although why that would ever amuse people, I can't imagine. I haven't... Uh, I haven't uh, 
uh, got that at all. Kevin, <coughs> the repo man, says, what is the name of the lady who does the ripper walks around Whitechapel? That's Diane Burstein. And you can find her, actually, just by typing in on Google, Diane Burstein. And she does the ripper walks. She does all sorts of walks. But she's a blue badge guide. You only want blue badge guides. Um, George says, I know what you mean. I joined the gym three times and lasted about two weeks. It's too boring. I'm 59 and my friend Sava is 48. We play badminton, which keeps us quite trim. He says, you're very welcome to come and join us in Enfield. I'd love to, but I wouldn't take the car there. I value the hubcaps, I'm afraid. I don't want to see it jacked up and put on bricks. Thank you very much. And badminton's very... I don't know if anybody's ever played badminton before, but it's really exhausting. Badminton's a very fast... I'd probably have a heart attack doing that. I mean, I'd, I'd, I would really find that... I've watched people doing it, and it looks... What's that other one that they play? The Whether you bang your balls up against a wall at the far end, which is very fast, and somebody else... Squash! That's fast! That's very exhausting. That's, it's probably fun to watch. I couldn't do that one. In fact, just even thinking about it makes me think, at least I've not lost my telephone, which I've still got. I don't put it in my inside pocket and lose it in the lining, you know, because I'm, I'm a sensible person. Um, do you remember a programme on the television called Talking Telephone Numbers? With Claudia Winkleman, with Philip Schofield, says, uh, says Malcolm. I do remember talking telephone numbers. I can't remember for the life of me what the, what the programme was. Uh, and Johnny says, remember when you thought that past the age of 40, car insurance would be cheap? Dream on. They're a repulsive industry. Always making excuses. Yeah, more than happy to take it in. Don't want to pay out, do they? One here says, I'm still waiting for £350 excess as a minicab driver passed out, hit my taxi, and I've been waiting four months. Well, that, I can, I can well imagine, would just infuriate you beyond belief. I mean, that is just awful. Awful. Claire says, when the children were young, I worked for an insurance broker. As a result, I only have car, house building and annual medical insurance whilst abroad. Well, I only have medical insurance when I go abroad because I have to. And my God, they didn't have to sting you for it. Oh, dear, do they ever sting you for it? I think the last time I went abroad, you remember that they said, oh, £29 for this. And then the other bit, 160 or something. Because I'm high risk. And you can hear them go, the other end of the phone. You think, oh, blimey. So you've got to have it, because if, if you're going to America, I mean, you could risk it, I suppose, and not take out medical insurance. But believe you me, if you do fall ill when you're abroad, especially in America, especially in America, the first thing they ask for is your insurance details. So you've got to make sure that you're actually covered, because otherwise you're in big, big trouble. Uh, <clears throat> um, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, the police computer can't tell them the actual person driving is actually insured or if the car is stolen until it's been reported stolen. Yes, probably, actually. Probably. I don't know. But but they can tell if the car is insured because it's the car who's insured. OK. Uh, this is... <laughs> Sharon says, Yes, I'm the one, Jewish and Welsh. I'm glad you think I have everything. I also think the Americans call salt beef pastrami. Pastrami. Lovely. So now you know. Now you know. Listen, we'll take a very short break for the news at uh, six o'clock. More of your texts and emails. Other side of that, steve at lbc.co.uk or 84850. But the news with Holly is next. Eight four eight five zero. steve at lbc.co.uk. It's uh, Steve Allen's early breakfast. And uh, it's nice to have your company as well. Being Friday, we love Friday. I love this one. It's so funny. Listen every day. They, they listen to all the programme. I love them. I really love them. I love people who listen to the whole programme all the way through. Fantastic. Um, <clears throat> uh, one here 
says, uh, where's this one? Talk about insurance company. You're all quite right, actually. You're all quite right about the in- insurance companies. You've got to have it, but you don't, you don't kind of get very much for it, do you? Bridget has just ordered her eighth ticket for the Priscilla tour next year. I'm going to be seeing parts of the country I didn't even know existed, like Manchester. Luckily, she said Blackpool's not on the schedule. It is for, for one show, and I can't remember what it is. I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, 84850. Anne in Peckham says, your weight fluctuates like your age. It is true. Susan Whitstable, another text for your ratings. Thank you very much indeed. The the more texts I get, the better. The more texts I get. Richard says, uh, you're right about water. My wife is uh, an ongoing chemo patient. Her doctor says we should all drink three litres a day. I think three litres is far too much. Somebody, I used to say to people, two litres a day would be about right, and then somebody said, no, that's too much. And also, apparently, not cold water. It's got to be warm water. So, I'm drinking cold water, because I like the taste of cold water better. Now, in conversation this Sunday, two very fine fellows, Lawrence Fox is one of them. He's, of course, part of the famous Fox acting dynasty, but he's also married theatre royalty in the form of Billy Piper. And here he is, little clip for you, talking about the pressures that can befall such a household. Married life is good. It has its ups and downs. We're both working at the moment, so it's 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 probably not our perfect time at the moment. Yeah. As my missus is off rehearsing during the day and I'm off doing plays at night, we cross, you know... So by the time you get back, it's quite late. By the time I get back, she's asleep. And, by the, and when I wake <laughs> The up, perfect marriage. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not for me. Not for you, please. There you go. More from Lawrence Fox on Sunday. We're also lucky enough to have a chat with our old friend Suggs, who's, of course, front man for madness. But as you'll hear now, it nearly wasn't to be. But in fact, I got thrown out of the band because I was going to the football on Saturdays. I was a big Chelsea fan, I still am. And the band used to rehearse on Saturdays, and I was running out of excuses why I was not turning up every other Saturday. Until I I bought a copy of Melody Maker, and at the back I saw an advertisement that said, North London Band... Seek professionally minded singer. And I saw Mike Barnes and our keyboard player's phone number at the bottom. I went, hang on a minute. <laughs> <coughs> so I rang him up. I said, hello, I've just been crying about the job of singer in the band. Out of interest, what's happened to the old one? He said, we had to let him go. He had an attitude problem. He was always down the football. I said, what? He said, um, he said, is that you, Suggs? Oh, sorry, mate. No, listen, we could do with you back in the band, actually, on drums. I said, what? On drums? Drums? I said, what's happened to John? He said, well, he's auditioning for singer. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A bit more from uh, from Suggs and Lawrence Fox. So funny, we talk about Suggs all the time, just Suggs most of his real name. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And Lawrence Fox. And that's on Sunday morning on LBC 97.3 for In Conversation. And that kicks off at six. So between five and six, it's the best of Steve Allen. Yes, it really does last an hour. And uh, amazingly, the thing that amazes me is that people download that programme. It's got huge download figures for Sunday, which is strange because you've already heard it. You've already downloaded the programme anyway. But uh, pa- perhaps you like it in its... Sorry, indigestion now. In its miniaturised form. Miniaturised form. George is a fitness instructor. Gee, I've always wanted to be a fitness instructor. I've always thought... But I can't... I wouldn't, wouldn't really know how to sort of go about doing something like that. Because the moment you actually... The moment you actually stop doing fitness is the moment you pile on the weight, isn't it? That's the, I've seen bodybuilders before... I've seen bodybuilders before, and one, once they stop bodybuilding, they uh, they then unfortunately uh, they unfortunately kind of lose. I think uh, a lot of people trying to says so somebody said, "Don't knock Enfield; it's lovely." No, I've been, I've been to Enfield. I, I, my bank was in Enfield. I say my bank was in Enfield. I'm now we do. Every, I, I haven't visited my bank for, for <coughs> years. Do people still go to banks? I just do it all on the. Uh, 
all on the internet. Well, I don't have somebody who does it for me. Uh, the gym is very boring, says Junior, from the gym in Vauxhall, but listening to you keeps me going. But you're making me laugh, and people keep looking at me like I'm an idiot. Well, that's the way it goes, isn't it, really? I mean, you are, let's face it, in Vauxhall. You know, at this time of the morning. It's ten past six. I mean, for goodness sake, get a life. Brian says, I've got an insurance policy. that states, if I bang my head, they pay me a lump sum. Tommy Cooper, 1973. Thank you. And Jolly says, gyms are not for everyone, but do some exercise and enjoy it. My new training partner, Ruth, is getting more excited each time I train her. There's obviously some relationship going on here, because you've mentioned her every day. Is this your new squeeze? Is this your new squeeze? I reckon. Uh, next Friday, I'm going to Manchester, says Diana, by train. Oh, dear. Just two hours for the day to meet up with Paul for the first time in real life, having been virtual friends. And our Facebook friend, Suzanne Jeeves, is joining us, too. We will surely have uh, jawache by the end of the day. I know. Um, Pete says, car may be insured for me to drive it, but not my friends. And the lazy police won't uh, catch my friends, so no insurance. Oh, you have friends who are on your same licence. I was talking to a friend of mine, Frankie, the other day, and he's just passed his driving test. I think he's 20. And his, the car he's buying is a second-hand, I think he's buying a Fiat Punto, or whatever it is, it's, it's not the biggest car, and it's costing him £2,500. What do you think his insurance is? £2,500 on the car for it. I said, that's just ridiculous. Well, he's only just passed his test. So, but even so, £2,500. He said, and that was the cheapest. That was the cheapest insurance that he could get. He said, so all of a sudden, the car works out at four grand, which you've got to find. All right, you, you can pay. If, if, you pay. if he pays it monthly, the insurance goes up to nearly £4,000. Wow, I mean, that is just unbelievable. Uh, Posty Scott's just pulled into a lay-by for a nice cup of tea and a roll and sausage. He says, and I've had it. The first one of the year, a mince pie. <gasps> Crikey, a mince pie. Oh, um, we have had, uh, wait a minute, we've actually beaten you. We have actually beaten you on, on the mince pies. We have already done it. We have already done it. It's been done. It's been done, the mince pies. In fact, I've got some in the boot of my car. Jay says, I've got three radios, and they're all tuned into LBC all day and all night. That's the sort of person we like. That's the sort of person we like. Uh, here, very, very quickly, uh, this is uh, in praise of Manuka Honey. Anne. And uh, she says, uh, my dad died... When he was only 35, he'd been ill on account of the war. I came along after the war. He died one Christmas. And the following April, I got psoriasis. Skin's always been sensitive, but I got patches. It's not nice to get... I had a producer who got psoriasis. He, um... Ian, uh, as many of you will remember if you've listened to LBC for any length of time, he had psoriasis, but it came and went. So one day he would be absolutely fine. The next day it would come back with a vengeance. And, anyway, the doctor put Anne in Camberley on some harsh chemicals. I was advised to get more sunshine, but I'm the sort of person who burns easily, so I stayed indoors because of the embarrassment. Years later, when the skin was dry and flaky, went to the health shop, bought a big tube of Manuka honey ointment, which you were recommending it by then. I was amazed. After only a short time, the remains of the psoriasis had cleared up. I've only got a small patch on one elbow. I rub it all over the body, except near the eyes, at least twice a day, and now my skin is lovely and moisturised. So there you go. You can be lots of useful advice, says Anne. I, I've always recommended it, and I'll tell you the reason I've recommended it is because it seems to have these medicinal um, properties. And you can use it for everything. I mean, there's, a, there's a website for Manuka honey, and uh, I got bought some by Lou, a friend of mine. And I've got hand cream, and I've got um, 
all sort of foot cream, all sorts of things, all manuka honey. And they make plasters now with manuka honey in there because of its healing properties. So in other words, if, if you've got a cut on your foot, rub some manuka honey around it. You can buy all sorts of ointments and gels and it works a treat. I gave it to, do you remember I told you, the guy uh, who is up on Capital Radio, our sister station, Ant, at the moment, Ant Payne, and he had a really sore throat. And I said, I've got some manuka honey. I've got some manuka honey. Because he said to me, where do you get it from? I said, listen, don't, don't buy it. I've got some. We gave him one. He had it for one day. It cleared up his, his sore throat straight away. He's now eternally grateful to me. So I'm very happy about it. 84850, uk. And uh, Mike says, morning to the Facebookers. How's the Tommy Bahama shirts? I nearly wore one this morning for Catherine Jenkins. I nearly put one on because I thought Russell Grant would like it as well. And then I decided, in the long run, that... Uh, that I wouldn't. I don't know why I didn't. I just, I thought I wouldn't. So I didn't today. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We'll run through some of the uh, the other main stories in the papers. Uh, the fact that Lord McAlpine has started suing his, uh, his brief is to now catch all the people who repeated his name on the internet and on tweet and on Twitters. So uh, if you've retweeted his name... They're coming after you. He's got £185,000 out of the BBC, and uh, they're looking for more. And the other person, of course, who they're going to be talking to, I think, is Sally Burko. So that'll be one to watch, as they say. 14 minutes past six. LBC 97.3. From seven. LBC 97.3. I'm with Nick Ferrari this morning. After the first election for police commissioners, Nick will be talking to Lord Ian Blair about their impact. A London Remploy factory is about to close. Is that the government letting down the workers? And guidelines for people dressing up as Pudsy Bear. Are the rules going too far. All that, plus a review of the day's newspapers with uh, Mark Constantine, the Managing Director of Lush Cosmetics. He'll be in. Oh, remember, Mark, for ages and ages ago. Uh, Johnny says, uh, regarding Ruth, my new training partner, actually, just on the subject of training partners, you do need somebody to train with. When I went to the... We did it years and years ago at the gym, and there were two of us, but the tr- we needed the trainer to actually... Because otherwise you didn't do anything. You'd go in the gym and you'd sit there and he'd say, no, you need to warm up first. You can't just start doing on a machine. So he said, off you go, three circuits running. Oh, God, it was It was so dull. So we did three circuits because the Barbican Health and Fitness, it's got a swimming pool and a running track and all these things. And so once we'd warmed our bodies up, it would have been easier to sit in front of a fire as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we then were allowed to go on the rowing machines. And after all, oh, it was so dull. It was just so dull. But you did feel better for it. But then, you know, once you've found this newfound energy, what do you do? You still go and do the same things, don't you? I did start eating more. We were eating a lot of uh, frozen yoghurt. They do a lot of these sort of health food things at all gyms. And there's always people standing there, isn't there? You know, with sort of the sweat band on and a towel around the back of their neck, you know. They've just done a, just done a, a workout class. So when you say a training partner, Ruth, he says Eamon became a burden and kept boring about his love of a new sofa to sit on. She just gets stuck in. James says, make life easier, move into the boot of the car. I can now, it's empty. I can now, it's empty. <laughs> Naomi says, quite stressful day working in a busy school office. Then the catering manager brought us in some homemade mince pies. It was the food equivalent of a big cuddle. Yes, there's something about... There's, yes, you're right. I can, I can understand that. I can understand that. A lot of people talking about Manuka honey, which we mentioned on this programme. Thank you, Ron, in Finchley. He says, uh, I had uh, congestive heart failure while visiting Boston. My travel insurance was amazing and paid out more than £300,000 and phoned me regularly as if I needed anything, even called when I arrived back home. I would never, ever leave the country without travel insurance. No, me neither. Well, I can't. 
<laughs> Far too risky, I think. Very first bank ATM was in Enfield, says Paul, opened by Reg Varney from On the Buses. Yes, that's, that's one of those little stories, isn't it? Everybody knows that story. Everybody knows that story. Uh, I recently took a trip to Disney in Florida, and petrol is $683 a gallon. They don't serve it in gallons, though, do they? They serve it in whatever they serve it. It's very cheap petrol. I thought it was very, very cheap over there. And uh, one from our friend uh, Richard, who says, can you wish Sarah a very happy birthday this morning? Sadly, she's woken up with a stinking cold, but she is determined to enjoy the day. Don't blame you. Colds just just ruin it, don't they? You just get so fed up. You just feel icky. So many happy returns of the day, Sarah. And uh, irrespective of the cold, perhaps you need some Manuka honey. Perhaps you need some Manuka honey. That would be lovely. Uh, here in Denmark, says Gloria, you, um... Uh, the car is insured, not the driver, so anybody can drive. A much better and cheaper system. Hi to Paul and the Facebookers. Life would be a lot more boring without them. So the car is insured, not the driver. It's lovely, isn't it? Reminds me, I must get tickets for pantomime. And uh, another one here. This is uh, from Alan, who says, um, I have two DVR car cameras, forward motion and rear motion, bought on eBay for £19.99. Yes, I saw... I saw... Now, wait a minute. Where did I see this? I saw it advertised in a newspaper a short while ago, and it was a camera that you put on the front of the car, because it's mainly the front of the car you need to worry about. You, you, probably it would work on the back of the car as well, but mainly on the front of the car, and it's, it was on there, and it records. So every time you set up on a journey, you just push a little button. It, it sort of clips in, I think, in the same way that you put a sat-nav on. And then if there is any, uh, any untoward stuff on a motorway or you need to record an accident, then you, you, you actually have it there. It just works on a little card. You just drop in. Bigger the card, bigger the memory. And that's very good because there's lots of these staged accidents nowadays. Lots and lots of staged accidents. Coming up with uh, Susan Bookbinder, it's after the news at uh, 6.30 this morning. I can tell you she's going to be uh, looking at the uh, the PCC elections. What's next and how will it work? Uh, also talking about the arrest of Dave Lee Travis. Question for 10 hours. And teacher trainees struggling for jobs. Plus she'll be looking at the, uh, the situation in Gaza as well. Uh, talking to the editor of Muslim News, Ahmed Versi, on the three Israelis who've died in a rocket attack. All of that and more with Susan Bookbinder after the news at 6.30 this morning. Quickly to the front pages of the papers, just after we've uh, we've cleared up a, a few more of our texts and emails this morning. On the subject of insurance, I have insurance, says Gary, for my bikes. Covers me for theft, racing, time trials and public liability. Must admit, though, the latest bike, £2,000 in value, but whatever the value insurance, it's worth it. And today, this weekend, he's doing a 10 kilometre cross country. He's also rejoined the gym two months ago just to use the swimming pool more often. This enables me to swim around eight to ten kilometres a week. So it must be a, a miss, a midlife crisis here. What's the prank? Oh, dear, honestly. It's become an addiction, hasn't it, for you? I've, I've, it started as not an addiction, now it's become an addiction, but obviously works. Obviously works. Uh, George says, I've been an electrician for 29 years and a fitness instructor for 23 years. You'll like my classes, as I'm very naughty to attendees. That means I'll probably get into trouble, I should imagine. I always get into trouble for things like that. Um, another one here. I use the Insanity video training. In 60 days, I've lost three stones, says Cam. I feel awesome, and I've got cuts on my abs. I don't think I've got abs. I don't think I've got abs at all, actually. There's no point in looking for them. They're, they're not there. They're covered up by something else. So I can't do anything, really. I Paul the Veg Man says, try the fruit veg round. That'll keep you fit. Going now for a full English. I like the idea of that. I like the idea of a full English. It's probably not the best thing you can have in the morning, but I mean, heck. 
Friday. Might as well enjoy yourself. Daily Mail today, uh, on the front page, Sir David Bell, the trustee of the Bureau behind the Newsnight report that led to the smearing of Lord McAlpine. And there's a special investigation into uh, into the key advisor. The Daily Star this morning, David Walliams, my girl's having a little Britain because his, uh, his wife Lara is pregnant. I shall see him on Monday evening. He's hosting the Royal Variety Performance. Uh, DJ Travis, nicked by Savile Sex Probe Cops. And uh, I'm a celeb Helen in Diva Strop, because uh, apparently she was shouting at the... turn the cameras off and all that kind of stuff. And you think to yourself, it's, it, you know it's a TV programme. And then she, somebody said she's been told to be like this because it shows her comedy side. I think it's highly unlikely. She's not at all funny. Sad, yes, but, uh, but definitely not funny. Uh, Furious Qatar demands a new house on the front of the Express this morning, and uh, the Daily Mirror and The Sun both running with home record to Lisa, because it turns out the man she was pictured snogging with the other day does, in fact, already have a child with a girl, and there's another one on the way. You couldn't make it up, could you, really? Don't forget, I'm back with you on Sunday morning. Best of Steve Allen between five and six. Six to seven, it's In Conversation. Suggs and Lawrence Fox, and uh, today I shall be talking to Catherine Jenkins, and, um, and having a nice time with it, I think. We always like it when Catherine Jenkins comes in the, uh, in the, and Russell Grant as well. Have yourself a great weekend. Nick and the team with you at seven. The morning news coming up now with Susan Bookbinder.